All right, so you want to do a show? I say we should do a show. Are yeah. you still okay? Are you are you still okay with? Uh, I'm still okay with the new downstairs and. Yeah, I'm okay. You with seem it. more I'm, comfortable. I like it. Yeah, no, I mean I like this new outdoor table you got here. It's a uh, what would you call this? A aquamarine teal. Of a, yeah, I've, you're not I've a color. A, you're not a color guy. I don't branch out. Well, that just sounds racist. <laughs> I don't branch out into like rando colors. Like if, I would say that's like a light blue, but people are like, no, it's not. That is a oh yeah, a Shamil Schmazel blue. I'm like, what I don't know. It's a Shamil Schmazel. It's a Laverne and Shirley <laughs> blue. Um, yeah, no, I, w- I just worked with a, a guy, a production designer, and, you know, they carry around those, yeah. like, whenever they go, they have those paint. But that's what they do. Books. That's yeah, it's like, their world. But yeah. there's so many colors. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, there are things that, there are words I don't even know what they mean are the name of a but color. It r- relates to this thing. And it's like, you know, uh, my eye can't tell. It's a shade of what? That's the same thing. Nope, but they they're can, different. I, I, I will give them, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous, I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John. And I slur the anonymous. <laughs> I, will, I, I will say, though, that in their world, and, and this is the one thing that I don't think the average person knows, but depending on the lighting and the style of cameras you use, those colors come out completely different. Yeah. And it, the, 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 also, the fact that it's not just... Like, movies and television shows actually, and I don't even know if you know this, they have color palettes. Do you know that? Yeah. Like they Are you still listening to this song? Yeah. Am I yelling? You're screaming at me. It's fucking no, no, crazy. No, it's the new room. It's the new room. It's not the new room. It's, it's my sinuses. Yelling. It's my sinuses. <laughs> All right. That's but no. Uh, now, back to my yelling. Yeah, 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 you the music stop. is turned down, but I am so excited. No, Great. I am. But I, that, that was one of the most interesting things that I had learned was, that was the color palette. That the fact that they... They think about everything to the people that are in the film, to what they wear, to the to the to the to the um, I guess the time period, yeah. to what the film is about, yep. drama, comedy, what type of drama, what type of comedy it is, all of that turns out has a color palette. So all those different departments, from electrical to art department to wardrobe to the uh, cinematographer to the director, all have to have a discussion about a color palette, which I find. Uh, Awesome and amazing. I just didn't realize all that. And not it's, everybody it's does one, that. But it's not like, everybody does but it. But when you when you watch a movie like Casino, like everything is coordinated. No, you're, you're yelling at me. Everything is coordinated uh, to a, to a certain extent. Like his watch has a red back. His shirt is red. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it all. They're in a redder casino. Like the walls would be red. Like it. It, it is very. Um, it's impressive when they do it. It it's something that you don't really notice. You don't go, oh look, everything's coordinated. But but it's very pleasing to the eye. Well, it has to be too. Using you as a perfect example because you are fair skinned and you also have red hair. That actually matters how they dress you. And oh yeah. They look at the room that you're in because you don't have like it's a lot easier if you had a very dark beard and dark hair. You're gonna stand out in almost any room in any right. color. But when you start kind of like muting, you know, as far as skin tones and and hair tones, that act all of a sudden they're like, oh wait a minute, he's, yeah, he's fading he's bl- away, he's, he's blending <laughs> into the background, or he's blown out or yeah. whatever it is. But yeah, I uh, and for the record, a lot of times I go in, I either I, when I book something, I either have to do a lot of makeup, like either I'm a mon- I'm playing a monster of some kind. Or I, they look at me in a chair and go, uh, yeah, and they put some powder on my face and they let me go. Well, you're just a monster. Because, a monster. yeah, because I'm always up for these, you know, kind of schlubby, disheveled weirdos. And when I show up in the morning, they're like, yeah, this is great. Thanks. 
<laughs> That'll do. Perfect. That'll do. That'll do. Uh, speaking of color palettes, um, I we got some T-shirts up online. Yeah, I used. Okay, so you sent me the link. I, I'm a, I, uh, explain to me how this works, and this is not a shtick right now because no. when you sent it to me, I kind of looked at it. And I was like, all right. And then there was so many different versions of the same thing. And I right, know which, I, which I downloaded on purpose, and, and I messed with the photo on purpose to, do, to make all the versions of the same picture, really, just because... Well, thanks for clarifying that part. That was the easiest part to figure well, out. Well, no, but I'm just, saying, like, I'm just saying like, they don't do that, the company. It's a, it's a company called T, uh, T Public, I think it is. Um, and they, you download your logo, and then they have all the mm-hmm. like. We don't have a warehouse full of anything, no. so when you order a T-shirt online, it comes from them, and yeah. we we see a, a a small profit of it, that, or a, a, a small like so chunk of that. Yeah, basically, you get a fist bump of money. Yeah, no, um, not even money, just a fist bump. Change, hey, hey, man, you got you sold a shirt. Bring it in. Bring it in. But anyway, like that. So that's what I did. I just made a d- bunch of different, the uh, same picture, and then put it up on the. You just download the thing. I'm and then excited. They, I'm excited. You're getting out there. You're merchandising us now. Dude, what I got I stickers I wanna, I for you. I got some stickers I can give you Ooh, from my stickers, car. I love stickers. Yeah, a little, little, um, little two inches. We'll keep them in the car. Don't bring them into the house. Good call. Well, I uh, forgot I'm sorry, them, the dude. studio. I forgot. Living a lie. Um, also, uh, when do we do action figures? Because and that's the most important. thing. Ah, that sounds like it's going to cost money. Oh. This other stuff doesn't cost me it really. Any. Talk, well, the I'll stickers cost money. About it, see what he can do. Yeah, if Mike Black can design something, he probably would just carve a few out of. Also, them. like, what do the action figures do? Like, look, they can cross their legs and they hold a microphone and they. John Huck and Brian Irwin on their action couch. Yeah, right. That's what it would be—an action couch, and then like my car parked outside a house. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, exactly. They're just here. Just here. Here. You uh, just text, uh, just text here. That's well, we're, yeah. Right. So in the new year, we're going to be trying to, you know, exist, expand, grow. I think that's, that's a, a good goal yeah, to have. Yeah, I mean, especially in this new world of cannabis, using the term "grow" is going to be like a catchphrase, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, because of cannabis, the yeah. word "grow" is yeah, a catchphrase. It's going to be a catchphrase now. Brian, what, what, uh, any, any more discovery? Any marijuana sticks? Any, <laughs> anything you need to <laughs> talk about? Speaking of cannabis, or should we bring in our first guest of 2019, yeah. who is also attempting to grow a podcast oh. that she just started? With somebody we know. With somebody, well, well a, f- a friend of the show, Jen Murphy. A friend of the show? She's not on the show. Don't She's say that. Don't get her upset. Not uh, you. Not you. We don't want to get Jen upset. Jen... She'll be like, well, wait a minute. When did I go from like being someone on the show to just a friend? I think you underestimate how much Jen really cares about this show because I don't think it would bother her that much. Okay. Apparently, you haven't spent enough time talking to her the way I have. Okay, she used to watch my children, at least one of them. I don't know. She kind of would always who, they, who didn't remember her. The other one. Who didn't remember her okay. at all. First off, bring the guest in, and then I will explain that. In just okay. A uh, our guest today is a comedian, uh, writer, actress, uh, Canadian. Canadian American <laughs> uh, Christina Walkinshaw. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for doing the show. You are our first guest of 2019. Our official I'm guest. I'm so honored. Yeah, and get, get, get relaxed because if you notice, we're all getting more relaxed. We all actually. I'm super relaxed. By I the end the of the show, I love a sectional. This is my specific favorite kind of couch. It's the sectional. It's got a good corner. But you can't sleep on a sectional. This is what I. Uh, I, fam- up, I don't up. know. Simmer down. We're talking to comedians here. We've slept on a lot of couches. <laughs> As have I, but I, okay. <laughs> okay, it's not that you can't sleep. on. I just had family in town, so I slept down here, gave them the bedroom upstairs, and I'm, uh, I'm still sore. 
See, the problem with sectionals is like I, I try to connect them, mm-hmm. and sometimes they don't connect properly. So in the middle of the night, if you move, oh, you fall oh, into the then you crack. slip through yeah, the cracks. And and you have to have like a little rug underneath your sectional yeah. because yeah, if it's on a hardwood floor, it yeah. is going to separate. Where yeah. you sleep on the couch? Where's Natalie go? Well, it's you build, you build. Oh, you build. Oh, you guys both sleep down yeah, here. Yeah, you got to build it. That's the part. That's the beauty of sectionals. They're like jeeps. You can, yeah. they, you can They're interchangeable. You, you can know, have a sectional. I wonder if you took like. You could also make it an ottoman if you want. You know, you got a lot. I wonder if you took like a, a big ferny pad and like kind of wrapped it, and that way you could put like other blankets over it, and that way the stuff wouldn't separate in the middle of the night. Or, I mean, thanks for the concept of ferny pad, but or you could just <laughs> take you know bedding, ratchet straps, and do the same thing. I don't necessarily you ratchet get a straps. Career and check into a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> you need ratchet straps. Yeah. No, no, no. It's so anyway. Yeah. So the sectional is nice. We actually it's have good. a, but we take melatonin about halfway through the show, um, and then we just we just we fade away. And this uh, and melatonin. then it's it's like um it's like hidden tracks and CDs back in the day. Like it just stops it for stops about a half for an, an hour, hour, and then, and then it just comes listening. back on. If you just <laughs> all of a sudden people wake up, everybody gets a nap during the podcast. That's <laughs> it's called. I would actually be called that. siesta. It's, yeah, it's um, healthier. Siesta. It's healthier. Yeah. Oh my god, it's a healthier. That would be a great podcast, <laughs> siesta. Listen yeah. to us take naps. Oh so God. before we, uh, a couple things that I wanted to get back to that I was starting to talk to you about before off the air was like I saw this, I, I saw a funny video, uh, and I, you, I think you guys both agree that you had seen it, where they slowed down Donald Trump and made it sound like he was just drunk, which is hilarious. And I was talking about the but fact that- But if you slow down a lot of people, they sound drunk. Hence my point, but I noticed that immediately people got upset because right. they only see it one way, which is like you're making fun of my hero or whatever it is. And I just, I feel like we're at a point, and I'm curious to see how you guys feel about this, that comedy is is becoming, in itself, they talk about how everything's partisan. No, comedy's like this thing. It's like, no, I've decided that there are rules, there's new rules for comedy and how comedy should be funny. And I'm like, there's no, that, that was the beauty of comedy, is that that was the one area that there were no rules. If you don't like something, that's fine. But you don't shut it down. You don't determine that because you don't like it, no one should like it. Does that make, do you guys feel like that's where we're headed with this, with what's funny and what's not funny now? I think the majority of comedians understand that comedy is comedy. and if you, It's all subjective. If I don't like the jokes you're telling... That's fine. I just don't watch you on stage. I stay out of the room when you're on. I, you know, but but it using using the Donald Trump thing as an example, it's just funny. But so they look at it through their lens of like, but you're making fun of Donald Trump, so it's not funny. My point is, it could have been Barack Obama slowed down. It's hilarious. It could sure. have been anybody slowed down. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It doesn't have to be because it's that person that you immediately go, never funny, not funny, will never be funny unless you do it to someone that I hate. Then it's funny. But that's See, what's I, that's what's going on is that people are. Uh, creating rules to suit their standards. That's the thing. Comedy's becoming a really annoying place. I'm trying to get out. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to make people cry now. <laughs> you're <laughs> a stand-up st- oh, yeah, stand oh, villain? Oh, Christina, you missed it. That was the early 2000s at the Comedy Store. You, <laughs> missed, you missed your shot. <laughs> no, was, I think I was there. Were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah she was. The she's early been, 2000s? You, when did you? Because you got a pretty crazy story of coming here and then not being allowed <laughs> back. And then, maybe that's where that's we, we Maybe that's where we crossed paths. No, but she yeah, because I met you a week like three clubs yeah. days. Like she was this is always my around. Second round in oh, L.A. Okay. My second round. You in know, LA most way. people don't come back after they leave the first. Well, this time, time I'm legal. She, so but she better. didn't leave. Leave. She was like forced <laughs> okay, out. You didn't. Okay, so you didn't do the guys. I'll be back. Speech. Like, oh and no, then no, no, no. She, no, she, she, I was no, she did, the and then they wouldn't let her back <laughs> in, no, 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 and she was like, oh. I got deported. I found a loophole in white privilege. Oh. 
Congratulations. <laughs> but at least you're admitting Oops. it out loud, right? I know. <laughs> I know. No, but you. I'm assuming we've all had the friends where they're like, guys, I'm thinking about leaving. And they have the oh, going I away know. party, but they always make that comment like, well, maybe I'll come back. We <laughs> all know. <laughs> Nobody comes. Up, no, yeah. if, you're, if you've made the conscious, like your yeah. situation, which we'll find out about, obviously is a little bit different than the fact. But when people say, I just need a break or I'm going to go back to wherever for a little while, you know, like, no, once you leave this and you go, oh, wait a minute. I don't need to do that anymore. Oh, you yeah. never come. That's why nobody ever comes back. Can I? Oh, yeah. Can I throw out a and crazy exception to that rule? Yes. Of my buddy Tim, who I moved out here with in 1999. Okay. Left. He was. He got into production. He was a you know production assistant, production manager, co- production coordinator, and then we kind of got fed up with the business in 2006. When you say we, collectively, you guys had a conversation. No, I said he got oh, oh, fed okay. up with the business in 2006 and was like, I am moving to Montana, and I was like. Okay, he goes, maybe I'll be back. And I thought the same thing. I was like, you don't leave and come back to L.A. Like, if you're going to... Especially if you go L.A. to Montana. Yeah, I can't (laughs) see you coming back, you know. And he went out there and got a different job, and he started working. And then he was like, you know what? I need a city. Like, I need diversity. I need, like, these things that he really enjoyed about Los Angeles when he lived here. And he moved back in 2014 and got a similar job that he had in Montana and grew that. And now he's, like, the number one... Grant writer in From Montana in the U.S. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Uh, so it's like he he came back and he's living his own life, kind of on his terms in yeah. the way like he didn't come back to, you know, cater to the business and and like get back into it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he did come back because he liked he liked the area, which I thought was was cool. So back to back to you, Christina. So you hung out like when did you move out here to do comedy? So my first time coming out here was. 2002. And was it for comedy or not? Had no. nothing to do with that. The first time I came here, I moved here for a guy I met in a nightclub in Las Vegas who convinced me I was his soulmate. And you were living in Las Vegas? No, I was living in Ottawa, Ontario. Oh, yeah, so the capital. And our you nation, were our nation's capital. So you were just you visiting Vegas. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. I Actually, I did not know that. Vegas. I was there because I was there on a foosball tournament. Um, <laughs> going. I can only ask so many back questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 hold on. I, I, We've gone from. <laughs> First of all, I didn't know I Ottawa was the capital. The dumbest story. You're going to think it's fiction, and it's actually. But, no, but wait, Ottawa's the capital life. of Canada? What was that? Ottawa's the capital of. Yeah, man. Did you know that? I did not know that. It's Justin Trudeau's home. Oh, I did not. I don't think That's I. That's where decisions get made. That's where Alanis Morissette's from. Ah. Both things well, also making decisions that Alanis Morissette. Dude, is, that's not even ironic. I make all my decisions while listening to her Good music. Um, <laughs> you made all your decisions listening to her music. <laughs> I got so, one hand in my pocket. Where does she stand in the in the Mount Rushmore of music in Canada? Oh, um, for me, pretty high up because of my age, probably. I was gonna say it's Rush, Alanis Morissette. Is Rush still like? Is, are they are, are Rush? Drake. Is, is Rush considered like uh, a Canadian? Uh, like yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was. Yeah. I'm a huge Rush fan, but I, like yeah, they're it's they're gods up there. Progressive rock. They're so gods like up they, there. Categories it into Canada something. loves progressive rock though. Like they fucking okay. yeah. I mean, tragically hip. Tragically hip. Yeah. And I also like uh, Spirit of the West. Do you know that band? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blue Rodeo would be my absolute favorite Canadian band. Do you know Blue Rodeo? No. <gasps> Should I go down a rabbit hole. If that, if you want to cry, that's some good okay. music. All a little right. bad timing or a try. I learned. Uh, I used to manage bands before I worked in radio. And there uh, we actually, are. actually, after I worked in radio, <laughs> this is the nicest station I've ever been in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, um, we went to uh, Eden Fest in Toronto, and it was a and. It was the first time that I was like, well, who the, who's the headliner? And it was like, because I, I saw um, Porno for Pyros is on there and Live was awesome. on there. And they're like, no, it's it's tragically hip. And I was like, really? 
Because they, when they would come to Milwaukee, which is where the radio station was at, they couldn't fill a 500-seat venue. Right, yeah. And that's when somebody said, well, there's two things you need to understand. One, obviously, everybody has their relevance elsewhere sometimes, and it has nothing to do with you arrogant United States people. Yep. And then secondly, the way Canada supports its artists is completely different than the way America does. And I was like, okay, and sure shit, 150,000. It was like a sea of people. There to see oh them. yeah, and I no, thought it was pretty amazing. They're they're the sweethearts of Canada. I which by the way, rest in peace. I believe the least. Yeah, of tragically poor Danny. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had to come in and apologize to me once in radio because he was a total douchebag to me when I was interviewing them. Oh on the radio. really? And his band after the interview was done, his band went out, yelled at him, made him come back in and apologize to me because I was. Oh, like, I remember that. We you told me that story right after he passed oh away. My God. I think. Yeah, um, it was fine. Like I was just like, but my, also my attitude he, was like, whatever. I'm just trying to help you promote. But now, yeah. now think about him going from Canada to having like everyone worshiping him, then coming yeah. here and having stuff like Brian be like, "So, like, what is Canada like?" And then be like, "Get the fuck well, out of here." That was not my question, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, what's Canada? What like? I don't know. You live Canada. in Wisconsin. It's pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I. But it, am I correct on the whole thing about wh- the way they support uh, the the arts? Uh, in Canada is a little bit different than what we do it here. Yeah, well, we have the CRTC, which like requires that Canadian radio play. I don't know. The percentage keeps dropping, sadly, every year. But a certain percentage of Canadian uh, entertainment, like on the radio, and mm-hmm. which is good for like comedians, right? Because we get a lot of play, we get a lot of sound exchange money because we have Canada Laughs. We have like a whole channel dedicated to Canadian comedy, which even as comedians. Like that pays my rent. That's awesome. Wait, but is that satellite or is that actual terrestrial radio up there as well? That's satellite. Okay. That's like XM and Sirius. Okay. But I still feel like the CRTC laws apply to. S- I don't know. I actually, I don't quote me on. Doesn't matter as long as you're collecting really your paycheck. But but the whole thing is because because <laughs> there are <laughs> channels specifically dedicated to Canadian comedians. Yeah. And that yeah, that channel like saves my life. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, I'm I'm, th- but there's so there's so many. You're it's still it's not like an oversaturated. There thing? is. It's so sad. Like I don't. I'm sure other comedians in Canada probably feel this way. But like every time I see like a comedian's recording an album, I'm like, oh, I hope that doesn't make my money go down. Cutting the share. Oh. Right. Cutting the yeah, share. Cutting the share. <laughs> is it getting cut more? Wow. Hassle? I didn't. I've never thought. I don't make any money, so I didn't. Never thought of it. You that guys way. make sound exchange. You do? No. I get. I get like. Or maybe because you're American. Like your American channels probably. I mean, you guys have so many. Yeah, I'm big I'm, name comedians. I get on the radio, but it's like I my my quarterly checks from Sound Exchange are like literally between forty and sixty dollars. Yeah, it, it, here. Wow, my monthlies are like fifteen hundred. Yeah, that but, is sweet. But, but again, money. going back to what you said before, the the the, the thing about um, and this is you can make fun of me all you want about radio. That's where I have an understanding of radio. It's about playing the popular stuff. It's about it's about right. getting. Getting time spent listening. Getting and luckily, listening, nobody's right? that famous in Canada because uh, <laughs> Canadian star system sucks. So there's a whole bunch of amazing comics that, like, a lot of you guys probably don't know, but we get like a nice flow of well playing Canada. Well, but here, I get it when I listen to the American, um, like Laugh Attack or whatever your channels are. Yeah. I think there's a Comedy Central has one. Yeah, I always just hear like big name comics. And they do that. Here's there's there's two sides of that. Um, one is from what you're talking about. That's a better way to develop talent. Because funny is funny at the end of the day. Oh, you don't totally. have to attach a name to it. Unfortunately, yeah. the way capitalism and marketing works in the United States, I'm not <laughs> saying those things is bad. I'm just saying that the way it's designed and the way it is set up right. is it's treated the way, same way they used to treat Top 40. Is they're under the assumption that you're only listening for a certain amount of time. So they're going to flood it with all the famous people. Right. They're not going to take a risk on you or John or me or anybody else, regardless of whether the content is funny. They want the big names in there because yeah. people react 
to the big name. And that's the same thing no, they would I do for it. any of the same songs on, on the radio. That's just how it works, and that's how the business works yeah. in the United States. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change anytime soon. So, unfortunately, uh, for John, and fortunately for you, you have Canada, John does not. <laughs> so, unless you want to get dual citizenship. Oh, that's which expensive. is always possible. That's expensive. Yeah, though. but look at the payoff. It's fifteen hundred bucks a month. Are you a dual? You don't have dual citizenship, do no, you? I have no, an no, but she has Canadian I have a visa. citizenship. I'm an extraordinary alien. That's my visa title. Now You're back to Canada. So, oh yeah. So your your hopes, dreams, and aspirations so did not exist in Canada. This all started after you were chasing a dude. So Just to be clear, who were you in Canada before you found you chased somebody in Vegas? Okay, so here's the thing. So when I moved here, so 2002, I had been doing comedy for three whole years, in, which means I had maybe a solid 20 minutes in Canada, in Ottawa. But Canada, okay, yeah. I'm going to stop you there and I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. I've actually heard it's a great place to develop as a comedian because they're very supportive, as that, especially as an MC. Is that true? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, hey, this is one thing I love about Canadian comedy. So we actually, like, respect and pay our hosts properly. Okay. Like, a AAA headliner at Yuck Yucks probably makes more money to host than they do to headline. Okay. Because it's a harder job, and it should be the funniest person it's on the so show. It's so funny. You're getting laughs right off the top, out of nowhere. You have to go on stage. You have to do crowd work. You have to do intros. You have to do... Like, you know, announcements at the end of the show. You, have, you know what I mean? You're there the whole show. Like, that is the most important role in the show. And then you move to America, and you guys have... Some guy's been doing comedy for, like, six months, and you're like, whatever, he'll host a show for, like, 20 bucks. And then it's awful. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, that's your intro to the show. I feel like audiences could just, like, lose trust in the whole uh, night, just uh, seeing an amateur right off the top. But the way the clubs, like... I agree with you. It's crazy. It's actually only crazy because now I know how it's done in Canada. Like, I when I first heard that, I was like, "Wait, what?" So the 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 MC goes on and does like twenty minutes or whatever, and then the feature comes out and does some time, yeah. and then the headliner comes out. So the feature is really just this kind of marshmallow in the middle. Oh, the feature has the easiest role. Like yeah. that is the easiest. Yeah, spot but on the, the but the MCs we the hosts get middle, paid better middle in Canada. Yeah, so we, that's what they say too. We call I it guess sometimes, but but like the, but the but the hosts get paid more. Yeah. Yeah. So then the feature. Yeah. So absolutely, you should. Yeah, which I agree, you should. It's more work. It's all. It's all that. But we we don't like. It's so weird in America. They're just like, yeah, whatever. This person's gonna do ten minutes, and then you're gonna do thirty, and then nobody pays really any attention to the MC or the host. It's, it's bizarre. But it is, it's a very good point you make. They, they go up cold. That is, I have to do that so often at the comedy store. It's yeah. like, it's brutal. Like, yeah. everyone's like, we're here to see Sebastian. And they're like, here's John Huck well, for five minutes. And, and you're like, oh. And that's the difference here is they do that on purpose. Because somehow they treat it like boxing or like exercise yeah. and like, go get fucked. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, go get fucked. If you can handle getting fucked, then maybe you can handle being in this business. That's the mentality that they have. And it's it's funny because it's very self indulgent. It has it nothing is. to do with what you talked about. It's it has like nothing in to do with Canada, the crowd. We'd be like, hey, go out and but show the audience this is a funny comedy club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's well, exactly the, the point. Because yeah. we want them coming back and paying money yeah. to see comedy. Yeah, it's about building a brand. And yeah. for the show to be funny from beginning to end. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very very unique, very interesting, but also. Um, to 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 steal a word that you used before uh, you got on the show, we're all whores a little bit because we don't care. We'll do it for free. We'll, we would pay, yeah, to get up on that stage first. So there's also that disadvantage. I think we put ourselves in as comedians yeah. of like we're yeah. so desperate and we'll do anything, yeah, to get that stage time that they've also taken advantage of that desperation. See, I was very lucky. So I started in like 1999, I think. I started in the late 90s, um, like a week before my 19th birthday. 
And I started in Ottawa. And at the time, there were no open mics. There was one comedy club. Like, you could sign up. You could get, like, two Wednesdays a month. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like now everybody wants to be a comedian. But I feel like 20 years ago, it was still, like, off the beaten path as yeah. far as, like, becoming famous. Well, well, because 20 years ago, people didn't have the internet to go, look at all these people that are doing comedy. I'm funnier than them, and I'm better than them. Like, there was TV. If you saw someone right. on TV, they were a comedian. Oh, no. Like, the, I feel like the only time I saw stand-up on TV was, like, if I stayed up after SNL. Yeah. Like, I'd see, like, Louis Anderson's whatever. I, he had, like, some weird comedy showcase show that I used to watch. And then, like, like I'd see, like, stand-up on a Bob Hope special. But I didn't have a lot of access to stand-up. So yeah. I had to go to comedy clubs and just, like, sit and meet people. Like, you know what I mean? I, I had to go out to experience it. Yeah. And just, like, watch it. Now I feel like you're right. People can watch it on the internet and, like, study it. Yeah. Like, I, I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't even know what I was doing when I started. I was just like, hey, I used to do, like... High school musicals. Maybe I can do this. But you had, but you were, you were, you <laughs> did also have like, well, you do, you did, you did develop the strength of not giving a shit about being on stage. Though, which <laughs> I, you could, you could joke about the musicals, but like at the same time, you know, it was something. It was putting yourself on a stage. Exact. Being in, changing the dynamic, right? Yeah. That's, that's the difference between somebody who either watches it on YouTube, yeah, or judges from a seat. That's not the same thing. And I actually, I get it. I get that more people can be exposed to stand up now. I don't necessarily know that it's going to make them any better or any different than the way that you were exposed to it. I think you, you still there's still a process, a mental yeah. process that you have to get through if you can even, as you now know, because you've oh, done yeah. it. And, and it, I feel like for me, like my real passion is writing. And like stand up was just like a place to share my tr- writing. Try out what you wrote. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't have any um, like comedic influences. You didn't have comics that you were like. Paula Poundstone, or... No, honestly, like, my comedic heroes are all Canadian comics that I saw in the flesh, like, mm. when I was coming up as a comedian. Like, I loved Erwin Barker, who is now, sadly, he passed away, but he was, like, just a craftsman with words and such a good joke writer. I love, like, Stuart Francis, who lives in the UK now. I loved Heidi Foss out of Montreal. And these are just, like, real comics. I sat in comedy clubs and watched, like, a... I, I don't even think I at the time I'd seen any of them on TV, and now you could see them on like Just for Laughs or like uh, CBC uh, shows in Canada. But yeah, that's my comedic influences or people that I shook hands with. Right, that's okay. But that's that's good. that's, um, that's great. I mean, but those are people you enjoyed their material. Yeah, you. I did always like Wendy Liebman as far as like American comics go. Yeah, I like that. I like joke writers. Like, I'm like, oh, set up, I'm old-fashioned comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes the swagger doesn't work for me. It doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> just, <laughs> just all confidence and no material doesn't work for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm old-fashioned. And, <laughs> and Wendy Lieben is one of those comics who, like, like they're, they're every, it felt like every line was a joke. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't, like, some of my stuff gets, it takes setting up, and it, you got to follow me along and kind of like who I am to begin with, and... Her was just like she could just come out and boom. Joe, it was like she'd say something and you'd think okay, and then it would have a tag on it. Almost oh. everything she did she's had a quick favorite. tag. She's, I think, I feel I think like she's she, been an influence to a lot of other comics. Too. Yeah, I and can see her style and a lot of people. One of the one of the like, you know, just the small things in comedy that keep me hanging on. And and uh, I contacted her. She runs a show in the Valley. Yeah, and I was like, hi. Uh, Wendy, my name's John Huck. I think we might have met at the improv, which I don't think is true. I just said that because I was like, this will at least make her think I'm not a psycho. <laughs> I was like, I'm a comic in L.A. and I'd love to do your show. And she's like, John, I totally know who you are. Of course, you can come and do the show. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, thanks. Like, I and don't know. And then she never booked me. And it. then she never booked me. But <laughs> the point is, 
she was nice enough to pretend she knew who I was. So she's a lovely human being. All that and she's very funny. She was actually just in a hit by a car. Um, oh, is that and is that a show? No, she was oh. she was hit by a car. She was in a car accident, and uh, uh, she's fine. She was just she's recovering. But oh my god! Yeah, somebody else was running that show for a little while. Vitello's. Yeah, no, I've been. I went to support a friend there. It was a great show. Yeah, really I nice was going to go one night. She had Dennis Regan out there. I don't know if you know Dennis, Brian's brother. No, Brian Regan's brother. He's he's really funny. I saw she him a couple always times. Always has like some really cool celebrities on the show. Well, just yes, like for like me, some, it's some like guys that I only know as actors. I didn't even know they had a background in comedy, and then they get out there and they're like really good joke writers. Oh, like I'm trying to think of the last guy I saw. Show. Larry Miller is that his name? Oh, but Larry, but Larry Miller was a, is a comic. Like I I'd never seen from him Canada. Jack, that's <laughs> true. That's <laughs> true. Straight up, and he's been in I'd a million. I him as like from movies and TV. Yeah, he's a, she grew up. She only had three up. channels. He's a, he's a. <laughs> He plays a dickhead in like every movie. He's always the villain. Oh but God, like so that was the first Larry Miller when I was in high school, we won somebody I know won tickets to a comedy club and we me I tried tried to take these girls to this comedy club. We ended up like in a car getting drunk trying to find this comedy club downtown Chicago. When we finally found it, they were like the show's going to be over in 10 minutes. You can't go in there now. And like I looked through the window, and Larry Miller was on stage. I was like, "I know that guy. Like I've seen him on TV. Like why? How, that would been that would have been fun." Then that was it. Never thought about Larry Miller again until move out to Los Angeles, get a job with the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival, working out of Sunset Gower. One of the first things to do is like you got to deliver these contracts to people. This is again like before you could print out contracts and shit. Like, so I had to... Oh, you actually had to say it to him verbally? I had, I, yes, no. There was no paper? But you know what I mean? You couldn't email it to him and have yeah, him right, sign right, it. Right. And so I, I had, I had a, a copy of it, and I had to drive to his house. And the first person I met was Bob Zaney. He was just in his yard. He was I like, was hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I, I handed him his contract, and I was like, oh, my God, Bob Zaney. Like, I, I remember this dude from TV, because I was obsessed with stand-up and everything, so I'd, I'd seen him before. And then they were like, and then you're going to Larry Miller's house. I was like, oh, Larry Miller, that's the guy I almost saw in high school. And I got to his house, and he wasn't home. But I remember being a real weirdo and, like, looking through the windows <laughs> and, like, being like, oh, that is his house. I see a picture of him and his family on the fucking, on the table there. And I was like, what should I, I, you know, there was no cell phone, so I didn't know what to do with the contract, so I just brought it back with me. And they are like, you should have left it there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. See, that's an example of like how we didn't have access to stand up like 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, you guys know who he was because you go to comedy clubs in America. But, well, no. If, unless he happened to be on a Bob Hope special or like a night at the improv. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I didn't even, I didn't even go show. to comedy or clubs Star really. Yeah. Right, Rubber yeah, Star, Star Search, yeah. like the old one. But there was, we had Evening at the Improv. We had VH1 had the A list. They had. Uh, so we didn't have VH1 in Canada. Yeah. And then when Comedy Rodney Central started. Young comedian special. HBO, yeah. HBO was good too. Like there was a lot of good shit coming out of HBO. Um, but for the most part, like the first comic I ever saw on TV was. Remember the show Turkey Television? No. I feel like that you would have known. made that up. I, I feel like you would have known that because it was sort of it was on Nickelodeon right before you can't do that on television okay, started, that's what I know. and that was yeah. all Canadian actors. Yeah. That was my first, uh, l- like. Alanis Morissette was on that. Yeah, but but I watched before that's she was an actor, on. right? Or actress, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I watched when Moose and Alistair and yeah. like oh my God. I, these kids were like that was my. F- I didn't realize they were Canadian. I didn't realize there was it like any kind we're of more humans. We look just like you. Yeah, really slide in. Which there. is weird, except for I was like tricky sons of bitches. There was just the way a couple of them spoke, and I was like, what a weird. 
What a weird way to talk. And then you find out it's all you. You went to. S- you lived in Illinois, and you went to school in Wisconsin. There's this that, is, you really found that, I that odd? I was like five or six, seven oh, years old right, when okay, I first saw enough. all this stuff. Fair dude. enough. I thought this was but a couple years ago. in Wisconsin going, what's Canada? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I always but, like people from Wisconsin. All those people up in the north, they always like Canadians. All yeah, people from, because oh my God, you're, the, you're Canadian? I'm from Michigan. Yep. They love me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true though. That's very true. Well, yeah, we're a lot more similar up in that area. Yeah. At least we feel we are anyway. But the first comic I ever saw on Turkey Television was Dana Carvey. And he did his chopping oh, broccoli yeah. thing before he was ever on SNL. And I was I thought I was crying. I thought it was so funny. But other than that, I'd only heard Bill Cosby on tape. I'd only heard um who are some of the other like Steve Martin would have been huge. Uh, yeah, not f- like I didn't. My dad liked Co- my dad liked Cosby and Carlin, but I couldn't listen to Carlin because it was right. too dirty. Yeah, my dad liked Carlin too. Yeah, of course. But what's not to like? I mean, yeah. if you're a, like an old white guy, like that's the funniest shit you're gonna hear. Really, there was a really cool VHS when I played the Comedy Nest in Montreal when I first started to like get road gigs. It was really good. Um, so it was a VHS, and it was um. Everybody's debuts on the Johnny Carson show. Oh my God! It's the most amazing video. It's like Gary Shanley. Oh my God! Uh, Roseanne Barr, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Stephen Wright. Oh, Stephen. It's just like everybody's debut. It's 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 just so great. It's such fun stand up. I think like, anyways. But that was a good that was a good video. That's amazing. I mean, there's there I to think, me, Shanling is like. Oh my God! I still remember him coming out. He was like went to the bank today, and then he and like pulled out the. Yeah. <laughs> with the chain on it yeah oh my god yeah that was was that it wasn't his first that was his that debut, was his debut guess, on the, on the tonight show. show wow on the carson daily show just yeah. kidding <laughs> yeah now when you say carson it's like what carson yeah, right. carson Johnny daily carson. Mm. oh my god um that's, i think that's, that's where oversaturation i think hurts yeah now is there's there nobody has their moment yeah I know it's that's hard to true. get a moment. Yeah, even when and you do a so tonight show, it doesn't mean anything. It's I mean because there's no, it's not, it's not a moment. I was talking to, uh, I'm gonna forget his name. Uh, his name is Jeff. He used to open up for Frank Caliendo, and, and he was talking about the first time he did late night TV, and he, and you know, he grew up in a time where he was like, oh, this is, um, you know, it, your your world changes tomorrow, and he yeah. goes, that was it was the first time I, he goes, I did it. And I, he did the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and he said the next day, he's like, and nothing in my life changed. He's like, so everything that right. I thought, it like all those tremendous stories you heard about, like everybody saw it, like everybody's going to recognize you now. No. And he's like, not nothing, not ever. Because that's... Think about doing that in Canada now. <laughs> it's even sadder. <laughs> I've been on Canadian TV like four or five times. <laughs> like... Right, but but doesn't it doesn't matter. like when 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 someone did. <laughs> well, that's because millennials just even, don't care. Not anymore. even a credit in America. They're like. But, but the only thing there was to watch was the Tonight Show. So it's like everyone in America right. saw your stand up right. on the Tonight yeah. Show it's because oversaturation. There yeah. is there was nowhere else to go. So the next day you'd walk down the streets in New York and people were like, "Holy shit! I just saw you last night on TV." I did like, say Jack. Yeah, but <laughs> and I'll I'll say that that only happened to me once. My live at Gotham was on. And the next, because Eddie Pence was very funny about it when I was like, hey, man, I got live at Gotham. He goes, dude, prepare for your life to not change at all. <laughs> and I was like, got Shout it. Shout out to Eddie Pence. He's great. Yeah. No, he, but but he's correct. I mean, it's just like what you said, with all the saturation, the amount of comics there are, and the amount of people on TV and in radio and doing all that shit, it's like, you're you're lucky if somebody likes you at all or hears anything you do. So I was like, I, I did it, and then it, then it premiered on like a Friday night in December. I was like, well, no one's going to see this. It was like midnight. 
so nothing. The next day was uh, or maybe it was a Saturday night because then the next day was Sunday. I was at a, I was watching football out at a bar, and this guy sat down and he goes, "Oh my God, I saw you on TV last night." And I was like, "No, I think you, I think you're thinking of somebody else because I always got the Chris Elliott thing back then." And he was like, "No, you do the joke about," it. and then he like riffed off like two of my jokes. I was like, "Oh shit, that is me!" <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> and then like, didn't know what to do after that. I was like, "Cool, man." I got to get out of here. <laughs> See you later. It's like anytime my half hour, I have like a comedy comedy network half hour in Canada. And like anytime it reruns in Canada, I can always tell because I get like eight new followers. <laughs> <laughs> building. That's your so building. That's the percentage. That's a percentage rate. Yes. About eight new followers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, eight, eight followers you didn't have before it reran. When did you do that? When did you do that? 2010. And then it aired in 2011. Ooh, oh, it's, a okay. high tr- it's a slow turnover with like stuff in Canada. Like you shoot something and then it like airs like a year and a half later. But that's pretty good. From 2002 oh. to 2010, you get a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean, that's pretty good. It was re- it was like the best night of my life. It was like shot in Masonic Temple in Toronto, which is just like it was it was a magical night. Nice. It was I was so scared. I was so, I still get do you guys get nervous? I get very nervous still. I think it's I, I, it's, I think it's more performance anxiety versus like real nerves. Like do you are, are yours real nerves like fear oh, of failure like or is it anxiety just to get going? Because it's real, real nerves. I remember. This one night, I was doing Massey Hall in Toronto, which is like another, it's like a, a cool thing to get. And uh, it was New Year's Eve, and Ooh. Jeremy Hotz was hosting. Oh. I love Jeremy Hotz. He's really Again, f- another Canadian. He's really funny. Person but, that I've but, admired. And but he's also up. been on The Tonight Show like a thousand times. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. So he's like hosting. Again, hosting is a respectable job. <laughs> he's hosting this night in Canada. And I was so nervous. I like find this stairwell, and I just start like pacing, going up and down the stairs. And then he comes by and he's like smoking like in the hallway uh, and drinking a beer. And he's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm really fucking nervous. And he goes, if you're good, that doesn't go away. Hmm. And I was like, that's the most brilliant thing you could have said to me in that moment. Even if it's not true. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. Because you're like, oh, okay, I must be good because I'm still nervous. (laughs) I know. I I had to get out of my head a little bit. That uh, you know, I think that's what it is. Sometimes I'll get in my own head, and it's not necessarily yeah. nervous as much as it is like I'll sometimes I'll give up before I go on. Like, oh well, this is fucking pointless. Like, <laughs> I think a you, lot of comics do that. that you know what I mean? Like and then you, then you get up like there and day in comedy for me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the and then the audience can feel that like immediately. Oh, like, yeah. well, this guy doesn't want to be here. Like, that's the thing. I feel like when I started comedy, it was like a week before my nineteenth birthday. I was like the peak confidence. Do you know what I mean? Like. I got into the cool programming university that I wanted to get into. You're like, I was young I'm and skinny and blonde, and I didn't get like too fucking like I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about the world. You know what I mean? I was just yep. like, I was pleasantly naive and ambitious, and I don't know, I, I starry eyed, right? So I had so much confidence back then, and now I'm 40, and like the confidence is gone. Well. <laughs> The confidence is like, oh, my God, now I'm living the dreams of a woman who's 20 years younger than me. And I'm like, I want to be at home in my pajamas. <laughs> Do both. Right? Yeah, <laughs> well, you now you can't be outside comedy at home in your pajamas. Yeah, that's going to say, yeah, you yeah. can. Especially for someone like you who specifically still enjoys writing. That's the, pr- that's the thing. I love writing. Yeah, like, I mean, you don't have to get out of your pajamas to write. You know what <laughs> and I mean? I usually don't. Yeah, you know, n- nor should you. But that's like, John, John's life coaching you right now. Just so <laughs> but... but <laughs> As long right, as you do 10 right push-ups pajamas, between every... Right on the pajamas. <laughs> I have, like, daytime pajamas and nighttime pajamas. Oh, like, sometimes I just get home. Do you have outdoor like, pajamas? Outdoor pajamas, for sure, because you okay. don't want, like, your real pajamas to go inside your bed to, like, have the 
you know, the, the bottoms touch like from dog poo or the, something. Yeah, I'm touching <laughs> the floor on the ground. I'll Anyways, get that. I don't, I don't know. know. You get very specific on the dog poo thing. Well, she has outdoor pajamas <laughs> and it drags through some <laughs> outdoor dog, dog poo. <laughs> Sorry, deer, raccoon poop. Pick an animal. Okay, bird, squirrel. Yeah, bird. Bird should be the worst. They eat garbage. But all right, so there you are. You're in Canada. You want to be a writer, but somehow or another, your confidence turned you into stage performance. Is that why you chose to do it? Because it sounds like you oh. always just wanted to be a writer. Why? Why the stage performance? Then? So I started doing stand up because a cute fraternity guy told me I should. Okay, so here's the thing. She's following men. This is going to be oh. one of the themes. Oh, dude, now. honestly, I am writing a book right now, and it is sad how many times in my life I have done what men have told me to do even when i moved to california for that guy i wasn't chasing my dream i was chasing a guy and then of course that relationship quote unquote lasted two weeks and then i was like again i still have those starry eyes that you have when you're like 23 and you're like oh my god well maybe i'm meant to be here maybe i'm meant to be in la and so like i remember that first time i was in orange county i was living with him in Huntington Beach. And I remember... That's where that's where he... That's where he this is the guy you met in Vegas. I want to be, be clear. Let's, let's take a step back. Before you go, though, I want to okay. take a step back. Um, you you just take a trip to Vegas. With some yes. friends, I assume. But I was actually with a boyfriend at the time, and he was there for a foosball tournament. Oh, so you weren't playing foosball. I was definitely being a bad foosball wife. Okay. I was out meeting. And was this the guy the, from the previous story that you were just talking about that you were follow, that you got into comedy because of the no, football champ? No, that was a champ? different guy. Okay, right, okay. <laughs> that guy's name was Spicoli. Okay. I Get actually, out of here, really? No, that was his nickname. Oh. I don't remember his real name. <sighs> Who cares? Spicoli's an awesome That's a nickname. Good nickname. I know, but that nickname probably isn't around in universities anymore, right? No, probably not. Back. It'll reference. be ironic soon enough. Don't They'll worry do about it. They'll do a reboot of Fast Times at Ridgemont. As long as people don't and, think and it's and some sort of Latino and slur. they should not do a reboot of Fast Times at Ridgemont. People need to no fucking No fucking way. Let me tell you something right now, and we want to get back to your life story. <laughs> this, this, if, if you're in the film business or eventually going to be in the film or you're just a person that watches films, learn to fucking enjoy and appreciate the original fucking version don't demand and move that it be on. redone yeah. to fit your fucking identity. Yeah. It's not always about that. For fuck's sake, please don't re you you remake Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Rename it too, because it's not the same fucking movie. That's yeah. true. Just re-release it. Just go put it in a theater again. But yeah, give it an anniversary date. Put it out. Yeah. I would go see that movie in a theater. I mean, or it seems like the new trend is to turn something into a musical now. What do you think that? Like now they're doing Pretty Woman the musical. I just saw Love Actually the musical. Now they're like. Is it on? Is it on uh, to steal from Peter Sprite? Is it on ice yet? Because until it gets on ice, I'm not going. To <laughs> ice. Oh, my oh, God. oh, oh, oh. Talk about oh, the evolution. Brian's big into the ice capades. Yeah, it's Peter Sprite had a joke about the evolution of everything. <laughs> it eventually ends up on ice. That's kind of a good point. That yeah. is a good point. Not anymore. They kind of gave up on the whole on ice. You yeah. notice, like the whole on ice thing is not a big deal anymore. Well, it's moved. It's it kind of evolved. Now kids go to like full-on concerts of like their favorite the wiggles or the wingies or whatever and they're like no, but what i'm saying was that and, and, and this was even popular in the mid-2000s was that the ice capades and like all the famous ice skate like there was a lot of like on that seems like that's just not a thing anymore like no one gives two shits about on ice as much as the way they used to is what i'm saying yeah. I don't. I never did. Or maybe, I, the, I never maybe those stadiums where you put on the ice capades or whatever are so expensive to get into. The productions <laughs> can't, can't afford to do it can't anymore. Do it. That's probably Unless true. you're a Laker or like the Clippers or something, you probably can't. 
Clippers on ice. Clippers on ice. It's I would a totally go what are you, We're going to the ice capades. No oh, skates. what is it? No the Lakers <laughs> and the Clippers on ice. Slippering all over the place. What? They're actually going to try to dunk, too? Dude, this is a basketball game on ice. Oh, my God. That'd be great. amazing. We, t- we took the kids to a uh, L.A. Kings game, and they were in there. And yeah, I, yeah. I never, my, my youngest son was like, he had that moment, and we all kind of felt stupid and stared for an extended period of time when he was like, hey, I have a, I have a question. Um don't they also play basketball down there? And we're like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, how do they do the ice and the basketball thing? And we were like, he's you. And then we just all stopped. Yeah. And we're like, don't we don't fucking have an answer. I for had that. that question when I was a kid, too, because I used to go to Connect Games growing up. I grew up in Vancouver. <laughs> I still I don't like, know. How am I seeing Debbie Gibson at the same place <laughs> I, I see the Canucks? You know, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, and I, I still, I didn't Where even bother trying go? to find the answer to it. I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, they, they have a plan. They yeah. have a plan, and they do yeah. something. Yeah, get that guy I mean, on your podcast. I, we want answers. I <laughs> honestly feel like they keep the. Uh, they just put the floor over the ice, but and the, then yeah. but, which is what we said. And then the, and then my kid was like, "Well, but then wouldn't the basketball floor be like super cold?" No, right? it's, and we're it's like separated huh. from a. Well, again, but. He's just asking logical questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, son yeah. of a bitch, I don't have an answer for that one either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything's technology. There's, I was going to say, you could also, there's, I know there's a time-lapse video of them putting basketball courts over ice rinks. Yeah. I know that. I'm sure you're right. That. I'm sure the ice is always there. Yeah. But then my yeah. initially I was going to be like, well, maybe what they do is they thaw and it's like a little pond. And then I'm like, I'm a fucking moron right now if I start talking about this. Like, of course. Because they, they have to paint, the yeah, up. they have to have the lines in there <laughs> and everything. And like, you know. Initially, yes, but they're not. Not thawing the ice every time before a game and then refreezing the ice. No, that would be. I mean, because they play every other day yeah. essentially. Yeah, and not necessarily at home, but yeah. My point is, just don't ask me any questions. I don't <laughs> My have point any is, answers. I don't know about. But any dude, stuff. you know, when you're a kid, you honestly, it's so crazy. You assume your parents know everything. Well, because for them, everything is the first time they've ever thought about it. It's the first time they've ever seen it. It's the right. everything's the first time, and so you're like, yeah. well, I don't understand this. Yeah. And you go, oh, shit, yeah, of course. I've been seeing this for two, three decades. I don't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, I sort of see it all the time and don't really question it. Now, back to Canada and man chasing. So you chase a man. Why, for what man was it chase about Canada. A, a guy that got you into stand-up? Uh, okay, so that, okay, these are. We're going to get the, the guy chasing. There's too many work. dudes in my life. Okay. But, the, this, <laughs> but there's trigger guys. So this guy obviously got you into doing live But the stand-up, uh, don't get me wrong. Like When I first started stand-up, like I loved it. Right. Like, I loved it. Like I said, stage time was always so great. In Ottawa, in that year, there was no open mics. We got our two Wednesdays a month. We always performed for packed crowds. Like, the second time I was on stage was sold out. I started getting paid funny for the comedy. funny the first time? I, you know what? Here, here's the thing, and I know a lot of women will, like, brag that, like, oh, there's no place for women in comedy, or people have Oop. shunned women for years. But honestly, when I started, the person I started for, Howard Wegman, he was so excited to have me. He was like, I really want more women in comedy. He's like, this is amazing. You're very funny. He's like, there's a place for you. And I started working. The, fir- start the first time that he finally saw me, I started getting paid for comedy. So it took me maybe like a year first for time him you to come comedy, down to watch me. Bad. What was that? First t- experience in comedy, good See, or bad. See, it was great. But to be honest, obviously I brought the crowd. I didn't even know what a bringer show was back then. Right, okay. but you told everyone you knew. But they I told came everybody I knew I was no, doing comedy. The so then there thing. was like twelve people in the crowd that knew me. Do so. you remember the first time you dropped a turd on stage? Because it was <laughs> it was it was like literally, because it's night and day, right? Like so you had these great experiences. I picture that very you're, literal. You're, oh, okay, sorry. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like you're you're riding the wave, and then all of a sudden it doesn't go your way, and you're like, "What the fuck? I thought I was awesome." Right? Uh, I mean, do you do you remember like the the high and the low? I feel the like swing? I must have blocked that out of my mind. You did. Okay. But I feel like. 
A, we did have very supportive crowds in Ottawa. Like I said, it was the only place to see stand-up comedy in the whole city. So it was, it was never empty. Uh, but I do remember the first time having like a super rough crowd. Okay. Because like I said, like now, now you could just like go on social media and put a microphone in front of your face, take a picture, and like you're a comedian, <laughs> um, right? But like back in those days, like you got fed to the dogs. Like you mm. want to be a comedian, you're going to Cornwall, Ontario, and you're going to perform in this shady bar called Freddy's in front of 150 drunk people, like Canadian drunk, like the real kind. So like, polite, like hammered. hammered. Oh, no. Canadians, <laughs> drunk Canadians can be just as big of dicks as anybody. Okay, all right. Um, but, yeah, I just remember, like, wow. And I remember, I don't know. I do remember getting treated uh, kind of grossly by other, some male comics. Do you know what I mean? Like, getting my ass slapped a yeah. lot or whatever. Yeah. But I, uh, whatever. I mean, where are those guys' careers now? Uh, in Canada. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not good for them. Uh, but, yeah, I remember those kind of things. But, like, I don't know. But you always. But had that's that's the thing. I feel like you had to pay your dues to become a comedian. You couldn't just like brand yourself as one on social mm -hmm. media. Sure. Like you had to like go through the trenches, and the more comics you met, the more places you played, and you know, the more audience members started to laugh at you. Like that's how you kind of. The more people kept coming back. You had to pay dues. So you're dating this guy. He's a foosball king of Canada, yeah. and and he, he goes to a foosball tournament in in Vegas. He's yeah. the foosball you, you've king. You've been doing of comedy Canada. how long at this point? This you a couple is, years? Maybe like three years. Three years. Well, three years. So I probably I'm like I'm starting to do what we called in, in Canada split middle. That's when you were splitting the middle time of like you'd each do 15 minutes. So there's four people on the show. It's, it's like a co yeah. co feature. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Point. So you. Oh yeah. So yeah. And so, so you go to Vegas, and, and so what happens between the Foosball King and then all of a sudden there's somebody else that you're following to Los Angeles, and, and how does your, com your comedy plan all that? So, yeah, so anyways, I meet this guy. I don't sleep with him or anything. We just, like, hang out. Good and then clarification. Phone numbers, and then we talked on the phone for a long time, like, you know, back in the days where you talked on the phone. This is yes. post-Vegas. This is after Vegas. Okay, so you didn't go from <laughs> Vegas to Los Angeles. No, no she uh, didn't, like, totally to ditch the guy's like, I won the foosball thing. She's like, I'm sorry, I live in L.A. now. It's <laughs> like, what <laughs> is happening? I've been gone for 20 minutes. like, go to L.A. right anything there. Anything is See? Anything like, is possible. You, well, but you're turns out it young and silly, and you're... You know, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You're like, I'm fucking 20. Who cares? I'll go. I, I moved to D.C. on a whim. I was like, oh, yeah, Dumb. it was a whim for sure. Like I was 23 and I was like, all of a sudden I like sold my car. I subletted my apartment. I gave away all my stuff. I packed two bags. And sounds I like, to oh, it sounds like you found like a crazy religion, a cult. Where you're just <laughs> she did. It. It's called comedy. I was going to be like, yeah, <laughs> uh, silly crushes. Anyway, so I moved there and then it, it, it goes it goes south real fast. And then, again, like, the starry-eyed 23-year-old girl is like, oh, my God, maybe I'm meant to be here. I've been doing stand-up for three years. Meant to be in Huntington Beach. And, well, <laughs> I know. I didn't, Yikes. by the way, I did not understand how far away Orange County was Did from you Hollywood. surf at least while you were there? Oh, no, I can't do that. I think I got a sunburn, like, in the first five <laughs> minutes. And I was like, well, this is going to go well. <laughs> um, I remember I met this, like, so anyways, I, I, I don't know. I met some neighbor. I ended up, I'm like, I want to go do open mic at the Laugh Factory. I had no idea how far away Huntington Beach was. <laughs> I got up at like 6 a.m. I took, uh, I let uh, like a neighbor drive me to like uh, like that train station in Long Beach. Oh and God. then I took the train through Long Beach. And like I saw people selling crack. I had never been so scared in my life. Well, this is when Long Beach used to be real shady. Yeah, it's yeah. 2002. So Long Beach was shady. 
Um, then I took the train through Long Beach all the way downtown. Then I got the subway, and I got off at, like, Hollywood and Highland. And then I walked to the Laugh Factory. So the three weeks later, you got to the Laugh Factory. <laughs> I know. But just so we're clear, that's, like, the blue line you had to come up through yeah. Long Beach. It goes through Crenshaw. It yeah. goes through, like, it gets... I took that oh, to I the right airport. Compton. And yeah. you know what's funny? Is I you was saw like, everything from a dead whale to a dead body. This is I great. I really right? did. And it was so funny. But whatever. I was just like, oh, Compton has a Home Depot. They must be okay, right? Sure, that's what makes things okay. <laughs> Home Depots. No Star Wars. It did make me feel like, oh look, they're building stuff. They're going to be okay down here. I'm like, <laughs> I, I felt, I felt confident for them. Is that like, somewhere in one of your your journals? Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> they have a Home, a Home Depot. Depot. <laughs> like, yeah, that, I, I don't know why I never pictured a Home Depot being in Compton. Um, so, anyways, walked to the Laugh Factory, and then like, do you remember like back in those days? It was like, so you went there on a Tuesday, and you would like. Like, literally, I, I got there, I think, at, like, 8.30 in the morning, and there was already three people lined up. Because everybody knew at Open Mic on Tuesday, Jamie Masada would come, and he would, like, watch the Open Micers, right? So it was important to get there so you could get your number. So I did. I sat against that wall for, like, eight hours that day, and I remember being so intimidated by the other comics. Oh, man. Right? Just because they'd done it once before. Because they were all so confident and all on, like all day. I'm not an on comedian. Like oh, I come can on, be though. very normal and have very bland conversations, Get just out. like civilians. Get but out. if you were always on, I probably would have been like, "Oh, there's Jen and Christina at the end of the bar. I better get the <laughs> fuck know. out of here yeah. before they recognize I me." No, <clears throat> the comedians are always on. Sometimes they're not on on stage. Like. Yeah. Or the, I don't know. Anyways. They so run I, out of steam by the time they get on stage. <laughs> they just, get on stage. Oh, you shouldn't have used all your energy thing. being annoying in the back of the club <laughs> all for the last six yeah. hours. Oh, my God. So I was surrounded by this. And I just remember this one guy who was, like, talking to me about his modeling career. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he was buying 49-cent cheeseburgers at McDonald's. And he had brown teeth. Like, uh, <laughs> like, well, maybe he was modeling toothpaste. By the way. <laughs> You may have just summed up what it's like to live in Los Angeles <laughs> and that guy's storyline right A guy there. with brown teeth and 49-cent cheeseburgers is telling me all about his modeling career as we waited in an eight-hour line for an open mic. That's <laughs> Los Angeles and a That's like the definition right of Los Angeles, there. your first five Holy years. Holy shit, continue. <clears throat> that, was, that was it. That must have been, that must have been some... Pretty brown teeth, like I feel like you—that's a vivid memory for like, you. Like, and the brown teeth were few and far between. Oh yeah, a little baked okay. beans. Okay. This guy like did some, not need floss. Some okay. <laughs> just, guy, he just used. This guy the could whole. take this coaster. He could use. He teeth. could use the tip of his thumb in between his <laughs> yeah, teeth exactly. to get his you food chunks use, out. You could use his teeth like, as a way to explain what a set wall is. <laughs> yeah. There's really nothing left there's no, behind it. There's nothing it, behind it. If your pinky finger doubles as floss, you actually if your thumb. So <laughs> you probably are not a model. Now, um, did you? You didn't end up dating that guy, did you? <laughs> that guy. I followed that guy all the way to Arby's <laughs> for a five for five and some horsey sauce. <laughs> You're just following men all over the city, like. And then this guy went to a car wash, so I went to a car yeah. wash. And I didn't even have a car. Yeah. Uh, so there you were. So, so, so uh, did you do the open mic that day? Yeah, I do the open mic, and uh, it was it was like back in the days. Remember the what was his name? Harvey, like the old guy that used to be on the microphone on the side of the. Oh stage. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, you know what? And so, anyways, all those people that were like, quote unquote, on all day, definitely had rough sets. <laughs> I had a lovely set. I was very happy. And uh, and then after we got to talk to Jamie, and Jamie was really nice to me, was very encouraging. He did give me a showcase, like a real showcase. And then it was like enough for me to think like, oh, my God, I need to like move to Hollywood. And then I, uh, yeah, when I left Huntington Beach, 
Um, oh, here's a, another little part of the story. So before I left Canada, I did a weekend at Yak Yaks in Kingston, Ontario, which is where Gord Downey is from, the Chachalay Hub. And uh, I was working with a, a comic that lives here in Los Angeles now, Lisa Gay Tremblay, who's hilarious and awesome and just a wonderful human being. And she said she was so against me moving to Huntington Beach for this guy. She's like, this is the dumbest mistake of your life. She goes, you know what? When this relationship doesn't work out, here's my phone number. When you have no money left and you can't even afford tampons, I want you to call me and I'm going to come and I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to get you out of there. And the last night of the show, she actually, or like the Saturday late show, she actually brought me a box of tampons. Which it was really, <laughs> she's like, here you go. This is for your big trip. And I was like, I don't even use tampons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> old lady Pat, I was still, t- I was so young, I was scared of tampons. Okay, I was still using pads. Okay. Uh, sorry, you guys did not need to know that. Uh, we don't even understand it, really. We're just like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, I do all stuff the too. Were like, Get a diva cup, bitch. Here's what John okay. I'm afraid of all of it, if that helps. Here's what John, John and I got out of that lady products and scene. <laughs> That's all we know about it. As long as you're okay you and you it. don't have toxic <laughs> shock or anything. Yeah, that's the only GSS. other thing we know. Oh, yeah, that was another thing I was scared of. In <laughs> Russia, they dip them in vodka. Vodka. Yeah. And then. Uh, that's also in America. That They're doing that and put them up their butts. Well, now, yeah. we know. now we know. Now we're into having fun. Yeah, so there anyways, we go. All right, so there you are. So now I'm, I'm at the, I'm, I'm on the last legs of this terrible relationship in Huntington Beach. And I'm like, well, guess what? I'm going to call Lisa. <laughs> and it was May long weekend. She did live here. Yes. Okay. She lives in Sherman Oaks. She wasn't coming from Canada to pick you up. <laughs> no, but she's so nice. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it was like May long weekend, like a Friday. And now that I live in LA for real, like I understand what a pain in the ass that must have been. From Sherman Oaks to Huntington Beach? Yep. I, I, On I a long weekend, honest. Friday. And yeah. I was like, hey, uh, remember when you said if that relationship doesn't work out, you would come and pick me up? Was she? Did she be like, yeah, we're doing She's like, oh, I was kidding. She was like, you've never heard a woman more in shock. She's like, oh, no. And she did. She came and got me. Good for and her. then I, I checked into a hostel in Ooh, Venice Beach, and I, uh, like, a lot of those hostels, you can clean them for, like, free rent. Okay. So I would get up every morning, I would clean the hostel, and then I got, like, a part-time job giving out, like, tickets to, like, Craig Kilborn on Venice Boardwalk, <laughs> where, again, I feel like the first three months of my life in L.A., especially when you're illegal, like, you just do whatever you can. It was just, like, But also, so, you did your parents, did they... Oh, I didn't tell my parents I moved to California. Because <laughs> I feel like you were just on a long did they vacation, would, basically. Did they offer you no help, or did they not want you here, or did they... I didn't did really tell them. I was just like, and then... How far away did you live from them? You must have not lived in the same city. No, my parents, okay. I grew she up She lived in downstairs, and she was like, I'm just gone. <laughs> I grew up in Vancouver, and then I went to university in Ottawa. So I was living in Ottawa. So you physically weren't anywhere near Yeah, Vancouver's so West Coast. It's like the difference between like California and New York. And yeah. you, did you, uh, uh, cell phones, you were probably carrying a Canadian number still, right? So if they I, called you, they would have no fucking idea where you well, were, Well, what's correct? funny is like, oh, so... <laughs> or does that so not this translate? Is, I don't here's know. like, here, uh, here's the irony of that. So I remember when cell phones first came out, and I was like... Absolutely not. Why would I want people like, to get a hold of me? And let people get a hold of me at any yeah. waking hour of the day. And now it's like, oh my God, my phone, where is it? <laughs> yeah. like I'm glued to it. Yeah. Um, that's sad. But anyway, so I got it. I did get a cell phone, but I never gave my parents the number. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I sound like a dick. All right. Uh, well, I just feel like my, my parents would be like, hey, we haven't heard from you in a month. What is going on? Yeah. Like, so my dad only had, like, my parents only had my landline, right? They only had that the disconnected number. number. No, because remember, I had a oh, roommate. You, oh, you saw, oh, right, so, right. right. So then my dad calls me one night, I guess, uh, maybe I'd been down there for like two or three weeks, and Kirsten answers the phone, and and my dad's like, oh, is Christina home? And then 
Um, like, she goes, um, Christine, you moved to California. But have you talked to her? Can you tell her Kirsten says hi? <laughs> So that's how my parents found out I moved. <laughs> and I'm assuming she uh, gave you a cell phone number. Like what she could have done was she's in the bathroom, and then she could have <laughs> called your cell number, and then had you call your Those dad. Two different things. Did you tell her to lie when you left, or did you say nothing? So in her mind, she's just like, uh, she doesn't live here anymore. Like she's yeah. very. And she she I didn't know your dad didn't at all. You didn't have a plan. I didn't have a plan. So there you go. So it's technically it's on Christina. That's, you can't blame. Her. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I can't blame your. I mean, your a good line friend would have just done what John said, but, but she might not have recognized that it was my dad's voice. Maybe that was the problem. He didn't Maybe go. Was, dad voice. Maybe she just thought it was one of my late night callers. Oh. <laughs> Where did she oh. follow you to, Mister? I'm her dad. Oh, he's not here. <laughs> she lives in California. I'm so sorry. Here's her phone number. She, she, she followed me, me out of to, her. But I'm going to give it to you because I don't want to get in trouble. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Click. She followed me out of her mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here you are. Your this this your your reluctant friend comes and bails you out because we all have that shit story where we feel like. But good for her for sticking yeah. to that. Oh, man, that and, that was so good. But, but then, you didn't. It, here's the thing I will say about that. And yes, she probably was hoping you were never going to call, as we all do when we make those those guarantees. <laughs> but she followed through on it. But it also really it doesn't did. sound like you didn't live off of her, though, either. You didn't take it to the next level and be like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to stay on your couch for the next six months. No, I didn't. It was funny because uh, another ex-boyfriend of mine was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this is all boys. <laughs> I smell <laughs> a sitcom. Was, what was his this specialty? This happened in the what was his early specialty? 2000s. It was all boys. Yeah, um, what so bar game did this guy play? <laughs> Was he the dirt I, champ? Kind of. Okay. No, he. Well, no, he. Uh, no, I went through like a drug phase with that guy, where we were like doing ecstasy and like uh, drugs and stuff. So, but then, but he had totally cleaned up his life. So he was actually living here in L.A. And he was to um, clean up his life. He moved to L.A. <laughs> I know. That's what I did. He was. I moved uh, here to start a family. I mean, these are the places you go to just you know yeah, really he, settle down. So backwards. Los Angeles. Anyway, continue. He was living here, and he was uh, training to be a Bikram yoga instructor. Okay. Did he make his? Did he ever succeed? Uh, I already kind of okay. don't like this guy. <laughs> I, uh, no, now he's a Those yoga are the ones instructor. that float, right? They float. No. Uh, oh no, just like hot yoga. Oh okay. Yeah, but what's interesting like, is like, cool. yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, th- had, this is him. He's cleaned up. You get. So you, uh, yeah, he's living there with his new girlfriend, who is also his old roommate from when I was dating him's ex girlfriend. So I knew both of them. Okay, cool. Oh wow. And they're like, you can come stay with us. Okay. And I was like, that's awesome. So then I stayed with them for a bit, but oh yeah, then I checked into the hostel. Okay. And then, but then I ended up like, you know, I don't know. Then I ended up waiting tables under the table. Like I ended up being okay for a while, and then I, you know, I got made a regular at the Laugh Factory, and then I started. Uh, this was like I think 2005. I tried to. Uh, I went to Jamie. Jamie Masada was really nice to me, and I was like, it was the year that the Pussycat Dolls were like a big thing, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I was really trying to like, uh, you know. Be like, no, women are funny. We were, we were definitely like in that women aren't funny climate. Like that Christopher Hitchens article came out in Vanity Fair, why women aren't funny, and that was like the whole week that we were trying to pitch Hotbox. But I was just pitching like, I'm like, oh no, it's gonna be like Pussycat Dolls of Comedy, and we're on Sunset Strip, and we're all funny. And anyways, so we pitched it to like I remember seven different networks, and uh, anyways, nobody bought it. And, but and well, I got well, googled well, at the border, and I got kicked out of the country. Wait, slow down. <laughs> I like how you just <laughs> skip. We go into great detail about foosball, and then we go skip right over. And then I got detained. Do you want to hear about my boyfriend who was the frisbee golfer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Where are you finding these fucking clowns? Is what I want. Jockknockoffs.com. Have you ever seen a real Jockknockoffs.com. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's He's a frisbee dating. golfer. I'm going to date a bowler next. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> it be re- but, but it wouldn't be regular bowling. It would have to be lawn B- bowling. Bumper bowling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bumper bowling. Wait, so oh my god, this podcast is a reminder what a moron I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
I think it does that for everybody to yeah. a certain extent. Uh, but what was Hotbox? Hotbox was... So remember Hotbox was like... Uh, I, re- I remember it. I never saw it. It was a comedy store show, if I'm not mistaken. You guys did it at the comedy store, correct? Yeah. I'm a terrible leader. I'm like... I, I, like, I, <laughs> Sarah, I got my this? vote. Who I, was in the show? So it was me, Melissa McQueen, mm-hmm. Sarah Tiana, mm-hmm. Annie Gerard, Julia Lillis, Lo- Laura Valdivia. And that's it, right? I'm not... Oh, Claudia Maitland-Harris. Um, so, so anyways, and then all, I think after I got deported, Christina All extremely funny Pruszynski people, by the way. Went in. Yeah, Christina Pruszynski came in, I think, after. But here's the thing. like, So when I originally pitched the show, I just like wanted a night at the Laugh Factory. I'm like, oh, I just want like a ladies' night of comedy. Um, and then Jamie was like, no. He's like, you don't have a rotating cast. You keep one cast, and you brand yourself, and you sell yourself. And then it was like all the women that were in the room right then and there became Hotbox. Like we just, I was like, okay, so it's everybody who's here right now. So it was like I had invited other girls to come to this meeting and to do this pitch with me. Like I did, I wanted a force. I wanted a team. Because uh, like I said, I'm a creator, but I'm a horrible leader. Um, uh, always ideas. And then like I suck at getting things actually done. Um, so anyway, so then all of a sudden we became Hotbox. And then it was awkward between like other girls that didn't make it to the meeting, and they were like, "Well, I'm just like not in the group now," and the, you know what I mean. I'm a very inclusive person, and I never meant to like. But anyway. was it just so stand up? Girl drama back then, but was it just stand up? You guys are just so what we ended up doing. So we did it in the main room in the comedy store. Yeah, we incorporated stand up, and because some of the girls there were like more into sketch, so we did stand up sketch, we did song and dance parodies, and then we did some multimedia stuff. Oh, but that's we were cool. Still kind of like new to doing that but some of the girls were good at like making videos and doing different things that's great yeah and it was really fun and you know it was it was interesting that's the first time we ever got like pitched tv shows so yeah so we got we had a couple agents that were interested in, in us and then we like signed with icm and like i said we pitched i remember like going to pitch meetings just be like oh we're gonna be like two orgasm only funny um like <laughs> 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 i'm always a bit of a dick i don't know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyways, and yeah. then it was, but again, I, I like, I'm not a leader. Like then another girl kind of took over the reins, even though I started at the laugh factory and then she's like, no, we're going to do this at the comedy store. We're going to do it this way. We're going to do this. And then I just kind of lost control of, of a lot of stuff. And then, uh, and then what happened at the border now? This is what year? 2000. So here's the thing. So obviously, um, I would cross the border. You had like, been here how long at this point? I don't know, like uh, too long, over my six months, let's say that. Okay. But um, but not like five, I mean, just two two years maybe, a year and a half? Yeah, like, well, because I started to go back and forth across the border because like certain things started to mean more to me than than doing anything else. Like I wanted to go home for Christmas and I wanted to go home for my, stand- or for, um, my high school reunion. Like, so I started to cross the border. But here's the thing, like had I sold the show, I would have had a sp- like a, like a, sponsor for my oh what for a visa right so it's a weird part like i mean it's a weird thing for canadians where it's like you have to work so hard and then just like to come here and like start all over um but like it was weird because it's like what like what happens first your visa your success you need your success to get your visa but without a visa you can't like work in america like it's 22 very catch 22 and of course i was only like 26 at the time, so, what, like, what do I know? Like, I, I don't Nothing. know what I'm doing. Nothing, you're 26. Um, anyways, so it was a good bust at the border. And he could Google, like, they, you know, this is, like, still kind of pre-social media. But he could Google me. He knew about Hotbox. He's like, seems like you need your visa. So I got denied entry to the United States, and it was really emotional. I was like, all of a sudden, I can't come back here. And, like, my car is here, and I have an apartment here. That's crazy, though. And 
They don't let you come back and get your stuff. They're just like, nope. you can't go. You're di- and he said if I tried to sneak across the border in a car, I would get banned for like five years. Like I got, wow. I got red flagged. It was a good, like, you know, I, I did need that to happen though. Like, I mean, and it's a good reminder that like, <laughs> oh my God, if you're out there and you're trying to get into America illegally, like don't do it. They're going to get you obviously. But, um, but then I was too embarrassed to like call my parents to come pick me up because I'm still in Vancouver, right? You go through customs in Canada. And then they just kick you back in. Right, so I'm I'm still in Vancouver at this point. I'm too embarrassed to like call my dad and be like, "Can you come pick me up? I can't get into America." So I just like wheeled my suitcase across the airport. I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna like fly to either Montreal or Toronto tonight, whichever one's cheaper." Because Actually, you had friends in each of those places, or because yeah. you could yeah. get spots, or <laughs> well, yeah, I knew that Toronto would be good for my career. But in that moment, I was like, maybe I'll just go to Montreal because Megan's there. Um, yeah, so anyways, well, actually, at first, what I went, because uh, I had an Alaska Airlines ticket, so at first, I was trying to just exchange my ticket to go somewhere else that night. Like, I would have gone anywhere. I just, like, ooh, I was, like, I couldn't stay home. And uh, so I go to Alaska Airlines. I was, like, I need to fly somewhere else tonight. At oh, first, they made me return my duty-free, which was very annoying. They're, like, ma'am, if you're not flying to America, you can't buy duty-free. You have to take back that bottle of vodka. I was, like, I need this vodka more. I, why? why what, what? Bus bottle spoken huh? for. I already Wait, drank yeah. it. <laughs> What? I know I, I could have re- been like Tom Hanks in the terminal and just like nestled in a weird little nook in the airport and finished that. But anyway, what do they fucking care about duty free for? Duty free, you have to be traveling to America or like across a border to buy duty free. So I had to. Re- so I, after I get deported, I have to return my duty free. Um, what if you had opened this for a drink in there? You can't do that with duty free stuff. I don't confuse. No, they like staple it shut. I guess. Oh, okay, I don't know. all right. I never Anyways. bought anything duty free. The elusive so. staple. This wasn't the worst problem that I had in that moment. <laughs> I don't know. I'm obsessed about. I can't duty-free drink this stuff. vodka. <laughs> Fuck I don't care you. about your deportation. What happened to the duty free? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. You got thrown to the gutter. Doesn't matter. The vodka. Where's the vodka? vodka <laughs> and the shirt that you bought for your friend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then I go to the Alaska airline counter and I'm like. Uh, I need to fly somewhere else tonight. And she's like, well, where do you want to go? You want to go to Seattle? You want to go to Portland? want to go to Phoenix? Bitch, I, like, I need to stay in Canada. I was like, <laughs> I can't fly to America. And she goes, we only fly to America. And I was like, well, this ticket's useless. And that's when I wheeled my suitcase across to, like, WestJet and Air Canada. And then uh, I was like, what's cheaper, Montreal or Toronto? And I was like, and she's like, oh, there's a flight to Montreal at midnight. And I was like, okay. And so I just, like, bought that ticket. And I wheeled myself into the bar in the airport and just, like, drank for four hours and then <laughs> flew to Montreal. And then what? And then what? Yeah. I called Megan. I was like, I'm coming to spend New Year's with you. And she's like, that's amazing. I'm so excited. I was Megan. Like, I got deported. <laughs> Meg- <laughs> Megan. This is, like, my best friend in uh, from my Ottawa days. She oh, okay. works for the Juno Awards. Oh. Like, the Grammys of Canada. Oh. Um, so, yeah. And then, and then I moved to Toronto. And because I had done comedy in Ottawa for, like, three years, the girl that used to run... Uh, they used to just like um, like be the box office girl at the Yuck Yucks in Ottawa. Now she was working as an agent in Toronto. Oh, wow. So I signed the Yuck Yucks right away, and I started making – like, it, here's a great thing about le- being legal in the country. Oh, yeah, I start working and making money right away. In comedy, like, I get, like, a – like, right away I get this, like, $300 gig, and I'm just, like, broke, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, and then, yeah, then I worked all my credits up, and I got Just for Laughs and my half-hour specials and did some various pilots and options. Like, anyways – I got in the game because I was legal and I could actually like work. And then I finally applied for my papers in 2015. And then I, uh, you know, finally moved to America at the ripe age of 37. So legally. So what was, okay. So what, what is there? What once you, once this happens, there's an X amount of time you're not allowed. Uh, so, uh, or, no, or you just it didn't could, care because things were going well for it you. Was, you just stayed things focused were going well for me in Canada. And, uh, 
Yeah. And like I said, I'm not like a good, I'm not very organized. I'm creative. I'm not administrative. Like applying for my papers just seemed like this daunting task. If like, you had wanted to Imagine come doing back. your taxes and multiplying that by like a hundred. Yeah. Right? That's how daunting applying for immigration is. If yeah. you had wanted to come back, how long would you have had to have waited? If you really, really wanted to just get back. Um, I don't know. I think as long as I applied for the papers, I would have been fine. Like oh. they didn't ban me. Uh, okay. I got red flagged. There's, but I know okay. comics, especially these days with social media, I know comics that have been banned. Like you can get a ban of five years for like, <sighs> you know. Wow. What I mean? You say you like, know because of social media, because of things that they say. Well, because on social media, like I have a friend, I like Kathleen McGee, who I love so much. She's hilarious. But you know, she was in that process of applying for her papers. And uh, but they hadn't totally come through yet. And then yeah, she went home to Edmonton to do this gig with like Ari Shapir, and she needed the money obviously. So she goes to do the gig, and then she must have been like on her way to the airport, and she like posts like a picture of like the weather in Edmonton and the weather in L.A. And she's like, "Fuck you, Canada! I'm out of here. Look at this weather. Going home to L.A." And then of course, if they Google her at the border, they pull up that picture. And they're like, "Oh look, it says that you live in L.A. on your social media." And they're like, "And you don't have your papers." And then she got. So oh, they man. actually use all that shit. Oh, and yeah. so but wh- so th- but, that, I, but that's the reason why they banned her because of because of like Yeah, because then she's living she's trying to live in uh Because America of that, illegally. because of that post, they were like, This is yeah. enough for us to go fuck yeah. you, you don't get to go back for five of years. Of course. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's like people I know have been fired from jobs for posting stuff that they think is funny. It's that like that I understand, but I do fuck too, you, but Canada, like, you're banned from America. People? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Canadians, man. Oh, you don't like the weather? Guess That's what? You're stuck here. Apparently, you guys are building the wall on the wrong side. <laughs> I've always said that. Rick, <laughs> Rick, Rick Ingram calls Canadian people frostbacks. Oh, yeah. I, I think I tried to do that as a joke a long time ago, too. The whitebacks. Yeah, yeah. He, but he calls, he goes, he'll go off. He'll do yeah. like 10 minutes about how So it, it sounds like, in, in hindsight, though, you don't have. I mean, it sucks that it happened, but you have almost zero regrets that it happened. Like, I right? think everything I mean, had to go that way. Like, I mean, it was again to go back to the, to the like, when do you leave LA? Yeah. <clears throat> like, I don't think I think it would have been almost more humiliating to just be like, well, I guess I'm done in this town. I'm going back to Canada. Like, I almost needed that kick. No. I needed that. The kick, kick to make you out of the country you, in order to go home and get my credit. Like, yeah, I don't think I would have. It would have been more depressing to be like, well, time's up in Hollywood. I'm out of here. I guess it's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That would have been harder to do than just getting pushed back in. Well, it just seems like also at the end of the day, for whatever reason, the way Canada structured specifically for what the business that you were trying to get into, it just seems like it's, 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 a, it's, it's better suited for that. Like there's more opportunity. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you really, I mean, let's be honest. We all know this here. I mean, you have to fight for the worst of opportunities here. I know because it's, it's true. just so flooded. It's just, and it's not that yeah. anybody's being a douchebag per se. It's just that this is where everybody comes to do it. That's a lot yeah. of fucking people. I know. And you Boy, have to you have to fight through all that shit. Yeah. And and I think the hardest thing here sometimes is to see people, and you're like, well, how did that happen? I know. And that's and that in itself because the the structure is not set up to necessarily always reward the hardest working and the most talented. Right. And so that can be very disheartening for people as well. Yeah. To where it sounds like the structure. I'm not saying that, that there's not elements of that in Canada. But there is know, a lot of people that are just really good at like uh, knocking down doors. And I don't knock on doors. Like I'm just like I'm too scared to ask people for even like a spot on their show. I'm well, like I don't care. Like and, and when you left, if I'm not mistaken, you left at what was beginning to be the height of social media too, which was creating it was stars. The beginning right? of social like, media. It was the beginning. It was like MySpace. 
And that so was starting to create space. stars. Yeah. And like Dane Cook was really like. He's the he, first person I saw do the, something on my. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, we can use it. this. Yeah. He used it to his advantage. It was so smart. You know, we got all those followers. And but then, then yeah. it sh- it sh- but that sh- again, that was another challenge and another shift. Yeah. That basically took the effort out of the club and yeah. put it on social media. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. But are you funny on MySpace? Well, but 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 no. I just uh, can't. You just book me on the show. Well, how many follow? How many friends do you have? Yeah. On my- like that. So uh, in some and respects, would you, you you have to ask yourself, would you have been good at that game if you had, or do you, is, was it better that you? Got defaulted back into Canada and did it your way. Well, I definitely think that I needed I needed to go back to Canada, and you know it's true. I got like a lot of really good stage time, and I got to do the road and learn a lot about comedy. You made you were a working comic in Canada. Yeah, yeah. oh, you yeah. were struggling to I the was bone doing here. Who knows what here? Yeah, I couldn't even legally work. Technically, I was trying to sell. So I w- I needed to I needed to get something so big here that it would get me my papers. That like just, just getting, uh, you know a. a $50 gig and wherever wouldn't help me at all. No, Nothing right. could help me excepting yeah, the except big ticket. Here's a billion like, dollars. You're a exactly. megastar now. Also, needed, we'll do the paperwork for you. Yeah, I needed the big thing. Yeah. Or everything below that didn't count. But but what's funny is with social media, and you know, we all are learned this kind of, I don't know, six, seven years ago. But the first time I wrote something that went viral, I went into shock. I went into shock. I hated it. I don't even think I want that much <laughs> internet attention. Like I remember, I, so I wrote a little. It started out like just like a like a ping on like my Facebook wall, being like, "Oh, it's a long story." But I did the show in Casino Niagara at Yak Yucks, and I got heckled like, "Show us your tits, show us your bush all night." And then I said something to the manager afterwards. And then, anyways, it's this whole thing. I wrote the story, but anyways, I said something to the manager. Well, I guess all the other comics on the show, the two other guys, they were all upset. This club has like upset a lot of Upset at you or upset about they oh, were what happened to you? They were upset at the manager not well, allowing that to happen. Crowd. Okay, got it. I want to make sure. Also, we had a weird contract, but they always sent us new rules at this club because it was like a casino. So, by law with the OLG, you have to have like X amount of activities that aren't stand or sorry, that aren't gambling in order to stay open as a game and gaming facility. So, stand up Meets a, uh, meets a requirement, requirement, which is the only reason you guys... The only reason there's yeah. a stand-up comedy club in this casino. Like, it's not because they love comedy. <laughs> oh, you go down there, you weren't allowed to tape your sets, you weren't allowed to sell merch, you weren't allowed to drink, you weren't allowed to gamble, you weren't allowed to stay overnight. Were you, you allowed like, to leave. perform? You were, you were allowed <laughs> to perform. You were not allowed to speak back to hecklers. Like, I actually have this in a contract. And you're not allowed to talk to, like, the staff from the stage. There was all these things. You were allowed to keep, kick people out. So, basically, if you were, like, a punching bag. But, like, whatever. But, honestly, like, this club was a $500 weekend for me because I was middle. And I was like, oh, I don't care. Like, $500. Yeah. I'll take a hit in the face. I'll, yeah, I'll eat, I'll eat shit on stage for fucking 15, 20 minutes And it wasn't even bucks. that. Like, that. Like, it was a bad. Like, it was an awkward set. Like, that's one of those ones where I'm like, oof. But I remember, like, other looks from other people in the audience just being horrified. But it was just, like, a table of, like, 12 drunk guys banging their fists on the table, being like, show us your tits, show us your tits, show us your tits. Yeah, those guys and went out and like, got run over by a Zamboni. Show us your bush, show us your bush, show us your bush, show us your bush. Clever. And I was like, well, that's actually a tongue twister. So I was like almost proud of them for being able to say that so many times over and over again. But anyways, so then there was like, I just had this weird altercation with the manager. And I'm not very confrontational. And so she was like, and they did have a beer. Like, I thought we were The manager's a, a woman? Yeah. I thought we were allowed to have a beer after our set. So we definitely had a Coors Light, my working beer. And then. My working beer. <laughs> everybody knows Coors Light, doesn't it? Um, 
I was just going to say, it's not even a beer. It's mostly so. water. She, she, yeah. she comes up to me, and she's like, just so you know, next time you come waltzing in here with a beer, uh, just so you know, you're not allowed to drink. And I was like, oh, just so you know, the next time a whole bunch of men are shouting, show us your tits, show us your bush, you might want to tell them to shut up. And then I burst out crying, because <laughs> I'm so bad at, like, standing up for myself. Well, but and then uh, she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you liked it. And I was like... Who likes that? Of course I didn't like it. I was like, I endured it because I'm on stage. I'm going to do my 20 minutes. But I'm like, I didn't yeah, like I it. Yeah, I smiled through it. but And Darren Frost had been like going up to this manager being like, go tell that table to shut the fuck up or get out. Anyways, so whatever. But I go, th- the rest of the weekend actually goes great. And uh, I hate to say this term, but I killed. So I'm like, it was water under the bridge. So then I get rebooked for Niagara like three months later because we're on like this rotation at Yuck Yucks. And then like before I, I'm supposed to go down there and play, Get this like email from my agent being like, "Oh, uh, uh, we have to pull you from Niagara," and then I'm like, "Why?" And, uh, and she's like, "Oh, because of that night with you and Darren Frost and the unruly audience." And I go, "Just to be clear, I'm getting fired because I got heckled. Show us your tits. Show us your bush." And I said something to the manager, and she goes, "Yep." And I go, "Well, I guess that's what I get for standing up for myself." So then I write this little blurb on my Facebook, being like, "I'm not playing Niagara because I got heckled. Show us your tits. Show us your bush." And Oh, no, I said something because I, uh, you know, I, uh, I wh- tried to stand up for myself. And then and then that turned into a whole thing where all of a sudden I'm learning about social media. This is like 2013. I'm getting hundreds of comments and people are sharing. I'm like, what's happening? And then Mark Breslin calls me. He's like, you can't be writing things like that on social media. And I was like, oh, I'll just write a blog to like clear up everything that it wasn't your fault. It wasn't Yak Yak's fault. It was the casino's fault. And he's like, sure, write a little blog thingy. And then I wrote that little blog thingy. And I got picked up by like the Globe and Mail. <laughs> Jezebel. I didn't Holy even know what shit. Jezebel was until I was in it. Exojane.com. And like all of a sudden, my story is like all over the internet. And like just like all these tweets and notifications. And I know that this is what people want now is to go viral. Do you know what I did when I went viral in 2013? Threw your phone in the garbage? Oh, better believe it. Oh, yeah. I turned that phone off. I went for a nap at 1 p.m. And I think I like hid and I didn't tweet for like a week. I was terrified. And what was the ultimate result of all of that? I don't know. Like, I went on a bunch of TV shows. And, I mean, I think that part of it was important because, A, I don't even, at this point, I don't even think it was just women getting treated shitty in Canadian comedy. I think it was, like, all of us. I think there was guys that were getting banned from that club, too. Like, there had been already a lot of nice people. That favorite comic of mine that I told you about, Heidi Foss, yeah, she got she got uh, banned from that casino, too, well, from that show because she had a glass of wine or whatever. And uh, another comic got banned for, like, uh, gambling after a show or whatever i don't i don't uh, i don't know anyways but they were just like they were being dicks they didn't want comedians there yeah they clearly there didn't a want lot you guys of nice there. people getting just like so what was the ultimate result of them and that issue do you, i'm assuming did you ever play there again no oh no i never played there again but then a lot of other comics like were really nice and had my back they're like i'm not gonna play there either oh that club doesn't exist anymore it doesn't exist anymore but okay. it wasn't yeah it, i mean oh my god the story gets even grosser this is why i need to write a book because it's just like there's too many but do you, do you, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was one of your concerns the fact that you were pulled into a world and, and being the face of something that, that you were not necessarily prepared for or wanted to be the face of? Absolutely. Is that what bothered you? Like, I, I think that was a big part of it because you're so... Hey, and here's another thing. All of a sudden, then, like, I felt like um, my comedy was on trial. Like, you know, you get, like, weird tweets and, like, you would get weird comments. Like, I mean, you know, I got a whole bunch of hits on my YouTube all of a sudden. I mean, it's like then all of a sudden people will make the argument, like, trolls will make the argument, well, you got heckled because you were not funny. Yeah. yeah. There, if you were being is. funny. Right? You know what are. I mean? Yeah. So that all of a sudden then your comedy's on trial. Yep. Oh, then, you know, oh, you drink too much is on trial, right? Why did you have to have a beer at that comedy club? Because then you wouldn't have 
but it was just like, oh no, you can't like have a Coors Light and then just like get sexually harassed from the audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. did you feel at any point in time that the machine itself was less interested in you, but we just wanted to run with that story because it worked? Absolutely. For them? And I saw the machine run with other women's stories after that, where it was like people were jumping on and writing about stories that aren't even theirs to tell, and that kind of drove me nuts too. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, you can't, you can't like. I don't know. You can't do comedy for six months, call yourself an expert, and now all of a sudden you're the face of, of, of women in comedy, and you don't even know what the inside of a comedy condo looks like. <laughs> and then you want to like stand up from, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So let but me it's ask like, you. This isn't fair. And I don't necessarily know if this is related to your situation, but there's something different about comedy in Canada, too. There's something about a tribunal. Was there some sort of issues in res- yeah. respect oh, to... Oh, you? there's no free speech in Canada. There, Well, so there was a couple things. So this is a very... It's a, very, it's a tricky... Comedy's a tricky layer, right? I mean, yeah. it's not just... I know. You're putting your... You're, you're dipping a toe in a water here, right? You that, really are. Is that one of your concerns yeah, as well? there has been audience members that have won their cases yeah. against comedians in Canada. Um, but at that point, I just think... I mean, for me, I was just like a hardworking little comic that just wanted to make her five hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, it shouldn't have to be. Yeah, spoken and what's to interesting is I didn't even say anything. Like I didn't say boo the night that that happened. I didn't go home and like hit the keyboard, being like, "This is unjust." I got heckled. I was like, "Well, that's comedy. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna get heckled. Show us your tits. Show us your bush." Like I don't even flinch. Like I'm like, mm, sometimes we don't get treated well. Like, it does, it didn't even seem like a story to me. It was only once I got fired from new money that was coming into my wallet that I needed that I had to say something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's yeah, like, because, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there, it's a But fun, I was a little a, pathetic back in the day where, like, I should have been standing up for myself a little more than I did. True. But, again, sometimes we're faced with stuff in the moment, and, and you don't really necessarily know the gravity of it. And everything affects each person individually. Anyway. Yeah. This is... You weren't looking for a cause. You were t- you were discussing things in the respects to how it affected you. In, in yeah. the big picture, yeah, fucking douchebags. Th- those are the types of things yeah. that are it's demeaning and it's degrading to women. It's one we all understand heckling. Hecklers are just fucking morons, right? right. They're just yeah. they're they're showboaters that it's not enough about them, so they're making it about them. And the, usually the, they're the, drunk. The, the the level changed a little bit there because of the nature of what they were saying and and who right. they were saying it to. And why? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not—they're not, they're not going to yell at John. Show us your nutsack. And even <laughs> if they did, he'd be like, nobody, no, <laughs> nobody has ever. Asked or, 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 or he me just out. does it. Or he just hangs out. his chicken. Or. That's what the—that's uh, what the merch table's for in the back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. So yeah, so that was the one thing I remember. It there was, was just there was like all very shocking. It was a new world, social media, and it was a good lesson in how the internet works. Yeah. Uh, it was, but yeah, it was—it kind of traumatized me. And so, like, other people, uh, yeah, I don't know. I also think that that speaks to kind of um, who you are as a human being. You know what I mean? You're, like, a fairly normal human being. You're not... I really feel like I am quite normal. You love comedy. You love performing. You love writing. But, like, there are some people that would have, like... I've seen seen people get one thing go viral, and it becomes their identity. Right. Well, because right. they're just grabbing on it because they think that that's that's the ship they're going to be able to ride. Yeah, it's and it's success. it's weird and it's and when you know and like I like I've a couple people I've known personally been friends with and then be like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run with this and you're like, ugh, all right. Ugh. I know that's the thing. I, like I should have like I mean, I would say should have, but I I still don't think I would have. But um, but yeah, if something like that happened to a comedian today, they would probably be like hitting the Twitter every five minutes. Be like, yep. keep this story alive. Yeah. I'm getting more followers. And this is how, this, <laughs> this is 
this is what counts now, right? Is how many followers you have on social media. That was definitely a moment where I probably had the chance to like grab a lot more followers and then I would be able to go and play clubs or move to America because all of a sudden I have this giant following. But it was like, I just couldn't. Well, it's also... You know, <laughs> I was the like, I want to turn my phone off and I want to get off the internet and I want to not see what people are saying about me. But I'm maybe that's also what you didn't want your identity to be. You didn't want your people either A, right. to see you as a perpetual victim, right. or B, also see that, that that's who you are now. Oh, I, I, this is what my comedy is going to be about. I'm going to be about this specific I cause. Oh, I'm like, going to be... I'm yeah. gonna be this 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 type of you know female comedian, versus maybe you didn't see yourself in either one of those categories. You right. just wanted it to be you. And there and was lawyers that wanted to like represent me. It's like you know that's you know unfair dismissal, and they wanted me to sue the casino, which of course I probably should have sued a casino. It's not like well, that's money. Money. that's different. That's <laughs> yeah, different. I, I would have. Still, anytime you can sue a casino, <laughs> go fucking crazy in my opinion. Casinos <laughs> are shit. You know, <laughs> I, I, but I was I, like, I didn't want to be the girl sued. I'm like, I don't want to be this drama girl. I just like, I thought maybe I could get away with doing five minutes on waxing in front of some drunk men. And apparently, I couldn't. But <laughs> but like, you, in in uh, and I want to say, and I think you would agree with me, not all Canadian men and Canadians in general do want to see everyone's you know private part, female private parts. I will say, um, going back to Eden Fest <laughs> to bring it back around. I like a good callback. So when the band live, I was I because because of I the alone other, love yeah. you. But be, I because alone. I had backstage access, right? So we decided to go stand side stage, and live's about to come on. And I didn't know that uh, the actor Craig Sheffer. Um, uh, most nobody probably knows who he is these days, but he was he was a uh, in a, 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 a TV called the program or a movie called the program, and he was also in a River Runs Through. He's Brad Pitt's brother in that movie. So anyway, he they bring him out to intro the band live, and he goes on stage in front of that sea of people. <laughs> one, of <my> favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite anti rock moments I've ever seen. Everything that we've ever grown up to see, he comes out there and he's like, "All right, Canada." And they're like, "Woo!" He's like, "Do you want to see live?" And they're like, "Yeah." He goes, "Then show me your tits." And they're like, "Ah, oh!" <laughs> and it literally, <laughs> wow! It was the biggest sea of buzzkill <laughs> I had ever. And eat right in this moment, and I could see the guys in the band are like, "Fucking dude!" <laughs> like, oh, everybody uh, uh, just uh, deflated. Uh, <laughs> and he was like. Well, all right, Dad. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's live. And it's like, Wee! Oh, my it's like, God. Just crawl and off that stage. Brings us, that brings us back to that's why you need talented hosts. That's <laughs> and that's why the MC is that's important. That's why the MC is important. <laughs> Show yeah. us your tip. No one's liking this. <laughs> I mean, we've definitely that all. That was I the mean, end of those. The end of my blog too. The end of my <laughs> blog was just. I can't even believe this happened to me. I'm an A cup. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, so that blog? Because because from there now, this was this was in Canada. This is like pre me too. This is like yeah. yeah this is what. Yeah. But then after when you, I don't know if you had come back here. When did you start doing the Tinder date thing? Because there was like a 50 I dates. A yeah, I went on 50 first dates. Again, I got a lot of press from that, too. I got like front cover of magazines. And again, I put like, and I got offered reality shows. And sometimes I look back on that. And I did sign the deal that I wanted to do with that. Because I really had this dream of being scripted. Like doing a scripted show. Like I'm a good writer. I like writing. And my dream has never been to be a reality show. I feel like when somebody offers you a reality show, it's like their way of saying... 
you're a hot mess. <laughs> you drink too much. That's Let's exactly, get a camera on you. That's exactly what they're saying. Right? Which I'm yeah. sure I have my moments but being messy. But you're a creative writer. Drunk. You just manipulate reality like the Kardashians. I mean, I could have, and I do definitely regret not taking that show. Because uh, it would have been on MTV, but even Canada. But I totally, sometimes that's my biggest regret. But I did sign like the little Which deal part? that I wanted. Being Canadian? Because a couple times you said, well, it's been in, Can- <laughs> in Canada. I know so it would have been in Canada, but uh, <laughs> again, no, so it apologetic. Stop apologizing. Maybe, maybe from eight to sixteen new followers. We don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, I did that little Tinder blog. But again, like you know, I don't know. Again, like when I started that blog, I was just like, I was just writing like nobody was gonna read it. <laughs> Which is probably why it was good. <laughs> when you when you like, write jokes and you write material and you write things, not necessarily like. Because if you write them because you like them, chances are they're gonna be good. Does that oh, make sense? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I really, I remember like I go on dates with some of these guys. And people are like, "Blogs are dead." And I was like, "Cool." Like, and now, I, <laughs> yeah, it's like, eh. Did you meet anyone on the fifty-first dates that you were like, "Is these people I, even remotely cool?" Or was it all just dildos I, and handbags? I, I don't know like what that means. Single. Um, so the, the whole thing was like, I wanted to promote, like I, I thought at the time, I think I had too many people in my lives or in my life that had like, they were in toxic relationships cause they were so scared of being alone. So I'm like, why are you staying in a shitty relationship? So then I just wanted to kind of showcase that single like dating can be fun. Like sure. There were some weirdos. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like all in all, I went on 50 dates. I think I slept with like seven guys. It's all bad. Hey. I didn't sleep with anybody until number 17. And you know what? He took me to Ikea and Bulk Barn, and it just worked. Oh. Yeah. First off, what is Bulk Barn? Bulk Barn's a store in Canada, and like it's like everything's bulk. So like you get, it's all like the bins like Costco. and the bin numbers. Was he taking you to the places he worked at? I don't understand why you no. were going to those places. I don't know. He had to go to, like, we met at St. Lawrence Market. I went to Bulk Barn, and then... Just to kill time, basically, to yeah, wander Yeah, I was like, let's go to Bulk Barn. He needed to get chemo or something. I don't know. He was an Ironman. Uh, like, Ironman. He does those weird Ironman races. Oh, Not wow. Ironman, the actual <laughs> hero. <laughs> he didn't come in an Ironman He's costume. A, he was Iron Man. You dated Tony Stark, and all you guys did was She's go like, to no, Bulk Barn? no, I dated Barn. a guy in an Ironman costume. <laughs> and he was, said His name was he Frank, was as far as I knew. No, he was Iron Man. He said he was Iron Man, as he's Iron Man. He carried everything from the Bulk Barn. Right? <laughs> Pretty strong. <laughs> And then he had to go to Ikea that day. I'm just trying to think if that's how many guys I slept with out of the 50. But it was a good way of, like, getting an average of how good Tinder was. But, uh, again, back then, I didn't even know what Tinder was. It was just like, I oh, it's like Hot or Not meets Grindr for straight people. It was 2013. And then people were like, is it's a hookup app. And that's I was like, the uh-oh. swiper thing? <laughs> there there goes my reputation. Uh-oh. Is that the swiper thing? That's yeah. the swiping Okay, so Tinder is really not, you're not looking for marriage on that thing. But I didn't yeah. know that. No, no, I'm saying I'm asking you. Date, I don't know. I'm, I'm no. so disconnected. No, it's a hookup app. Yeah. It's it just uh, for lighthearted. I didn't know that until I was like 17 dates in. <laughs> lighthearted. And that's when you're like, we better sleep together. We went to the bulk bar and Tinder's a hookup app. No, she was realizing the first 16 guys were like, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are we going to... All right, see you later. Okay, fuck you! <laughs> I think I can remember the numbers I slept with. I think I slept with 17, 23. This guy flew me to Boston for a date because he started reading my blog. And I was like, I can't fly to Boston for a date. And then I did. Uh, Wait, he was in Boston or you guys got in a plane together and flew to Boston? No, he swiped me while he was in Toronto, but he lived in the UK. And then he went to Boston for business. And he's like, why don't you meet me in Boston? And again, this is just like somebody I've met on the internet. So it was a little crazy. But then I was like, 
The, I, air- I, I want to just let you know that somewhere there's either dead bodies in his I life know. and or he has a family. How have I not been murdered yet? I'm really lucky. That's the title of your new book. How <laughs> have I not been murdered yet? yet. The Christina yes. Walkinshaw story. How have I not been murdered yet? With a, with a, with a, like a, a new ending uh, every year that's like, she was finally murdered. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Finally going to be that episode of Dateline I've always wanted to be. Um, uh, yeah. It's so sad how like so many of my stories revolve around dudes, eh? No, I no. mean, look, um, I think I think everybody. Okay, first off, we're all designed to hook up with somebody at some point, in, like whether it's like forever or for once or whatever. That's what we do. I mean, really, every day we kind of get up and yeah, we're we're hanging out with people. Like, so that's not. And I just, like people. Like, I like connecting with human beings. I like I like to go to like a bar by myself and just like. Well, talk that's to ridiculous. people. Now, get, now you're. <laughs> like, I like to go to bar. I used to I like, like to go to bars by myself too, but not to talk to anybody. Like I, if I'm at a bar by myself, it's because I'm getting shit out. Yes. Well, the rule I don't is. know which one I'm, I I think is more normal. The rule I think is yours, if you're going to yeah. a bar, if you, you go and you socialize. sit at the bar, that means like you're there to be friends. <laughs> like, even though now we're all kind of like on our phones and we're not even talking to each other when we sit at a bar. But I think if you sit at a table, that means you want personal private time. Like sometimes I'll take like a laptop to a bar and like I'll have like you know, a glass of wine and a snack and I'll just write. But if I sit at the bar, it means I want to talk to people. Well, first off, if John goes to a bar and sits at a table, he's going to fucking kill somebody. <laughs> that, that's like, <coughs> any, no. any guy who so sits alone at a fucking a, table, that's, there's, he's looking for a fucking fight. Uh, well, I mean, like, no, you know, he, I could be. He's going to start staring at people if, for way too fucking long after 17 beers. And, that, and you're when, like, that guy needs to go because he's freaking out everybody else. In the I was just in Crawford's past. Yeah. That's like, I ran into Christina and Jen at Dittman's bar and there was a dude in there who was just me like by himself in shorts on a 55 degree you know what I mean in LA it's like 50 degrees is a, is scarf weather in Los Angeles yeah. this guy's shorts in it up he's a big beefy kind of sloppy guy beefy and like he, muscular like no, iron man no beefy okay. like uncle fat oh, like okay. maybe he could lift two kegs but he can't like okay bench press any weight or anything uh and then this he was just mean mugging people oh just my God. so like, i'm not and then he so grabbed, remember he grabbed his empty mug and it looked like he was gonna throw it at that table yeah my friend trevor was having his birthday party I was scared of that man so i'm right then is what i'm saying well sometimes i guess yeah i guess maybe my you wouldn't romantic... i wouldn't be worried about you sitting over the table by yourself mean mugging people <laughs> if she was mean mugging people i go what is her fucking problem like i would the same if way i, I would do with anybody guy, probably the meanest i get is sometimes i don't wear my glasses and i can't see anything <laughs> <laughs> huh? That's what? just me. Is that you? <laughs> Don't mean mug me. You're I just, just can't just reaching over, and knocking over your glass. I'm repeatedly. not glaring. I need another one. Did you drink that girl? I spilled staring at me. I can't see. You're so staring at me. Well, you're just a gray shape from where I'm sitting, so I really don't know what I'm looking at. What I do like, so, and, and, but here's the problem now. I don't know if it's social media, or I don't know if it's like the cold weather, but I feel like I have been a little hermity, and I've been staying at home too much, and I don't want to be that person. Like today, I'm actually going to go to happy hour. I'm going to go to Foreman's Whiskey Tower in Toluca Lake because I think it's cute and it seems to have a nice clientele. I go to the bar by myself at a reasonable hour, you know, and uh, I'm going to. Just have a glass are you of gonna wine. wear outdoor pajamas or are you gonna wear a regular? regular I'm clothes? gonna wear my outdoor pajamas. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I actually might wear a leather jacket. I'm gonna whoa, tell whoa, 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 whoa! Simmer down. I know. Oh my god. What, what, Is this let, podcast too long? Is this a trilogy? What's oh that? <laughs> Do I own this podcast now? Tomorrow on part three. <laughs> Is this my this is my podcast now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh well, God. you didn't know, but this is how it starts. You're the podcast oh, no. host now. We leave the room, and you just go on with your podcast. That's, That's how people hand off podcasts. Later, white boys. <laughs> it's like a it's like a baton. Um, now you just started a podcast with Jen Murphy. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah, 
yesterday. We, Everyone's branching off. No wait, one's going to be listening to this podcast if everyone you, who's on this have podcast. Have you done one yet? Um, yeah, we taped our first one, but it's not out yet, but it's called Jillin' Off. That's right. I had to learn what that was. I heard yeah, that that's kind of why I wanted to call it Jillin' Off, because I'm tired of trying to explain it to everybody. Well, we were going to have a podcast about our sex lives, and then it turns out we haven't been having a lot of sex, and so I thought Jillin' Off was more appropriate. What's this dead air podcast? <laughs> uh, it's about my sex life. Back like, to the napping boo. podcast. You want a podcast you can nap to? <laughs> Check out this one about it's our white life. noise. <laughs> That's all it is. White noise. Um, but I was gonna. What I was asking earlier um, was, you know, are you gonna put that one out? Because like we did, I think even we did a couple before testers. we testers before we put anything out. And then the other podcast I had, we did like five before we put I one almost, out. I mean, I haven't told Jen this yet, but I do want to re-record it. Yeah. Because I feel like we're maybe a little awkward. Like this already feels more natural. No, it, never like, re-record them. Just like, but but you're. It's usually your fourth one or third. And again, this is just my opinion. But your third or fourth one is usually what you're ultimately going to evolve to be. Okay. And then later put the other ones back out because they're just fucking hilarious. You okay. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do that. you can because you I'm can re-record like, and then put it up, but don't get rid of those other ones. That's yeah. right. what he's saying. Yeah. I'm already like, oh great, is this is good. Like, does the world need another podcast? No, but if you know like, what? What's next? Another comedy festival? <laughs> you have to pay forty dollars to <laughs> you enter. You do both. <laughs> like, <laughs> the funny thing is actually that this podcast. Podcast is a comedy festival. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm in. Your oh best to show. You won. You, you won got it. Best. You got it. So well, you won. You won only comic in the. You won the competition. <laughs> yeah. You won, you, won. you won the competition. So um, Finally, I won something. Oh my god. <laughs> you put me on a list too. That'd be great. Yeah, you're on the list of uh, top one comics to be on this show <laughs> in Sorry. 2019. That's awesome. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I, I tried when, when my film came out last year. I tried to get on a popular podcast. That no longer exists. Oh. And the reason why I bring that up is because they told me that they couldn't get me on because they're booked in through 2020. And it's not even a podcast that exists anymore. So. And, then they, oh and, then they, and then they can't, and then they quit doing the podcast like uh, six months later or whatever. It was like, <laughs> oh but God. like, I love the, and these are people that like, he knows. Yeah. This isn't like he's approaching See, Mark Maron who he doesn't know. I love about anybody podcasts. for anything. I'm like, I'd just rather be by myself and do my own little thing. Well, when you <laughs> like get answers over, back like, that are that I fucking you on stupid. In 2025. I mean, that's, a, that's, com- that's comical. I would have laughed and said, okay, goodbye. No, I just like, didn't talk to them again. Because it was just such a it was such a silly statement to make because again, because I've seen Mark Marin face to face asking people to be on his show next week because he didn't have a guest. And Mark Marin is probably one of the, if not the most popular He's got the best he's Absolutely. got the best podcast out and so in to, my to opinion. Say, <laughs> Book through 2020. <laughs> you know what? I, I look at it like you, you, they got what they got. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? At the end of the day. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, I mean, it also becomes like a, a you know, a relationship. And if the, the two people aren't like, if after a while they're like, I just don't, I can't do this anymore, then. No, no, I'm just talking about from my attitude of like my smirk comes in the fact that, oh, like, oh 2020, because you doesn't. Because you're, you're done, done in 2018? Interesting. Hmm. We're going to cancel it two Did years you have later. you cancel your other 47 guests that you already had pre-booked? What those, are were they gonna, those were what, heartfelt what emails. What will they do? Hey, just so you know, I know we had you on the schedule to be on the podcast January 5th, 2020, but we have to cancel. You know, the funny thing about that is it goes, what you're talking about, you're kind of joking about self-importance of podcasts, but that's the funny thing going all the way back to you're talking about the Tonight Show and a performance that is a game changer. There really is no one thing you can do anymore. No, I know. That's a fucking game changer. So please don't tell me that <laughs> being on your podcast is a make or break moment. <laughs> so you have to think real hard whether or not I'm worthy of being a fucking guest on your show. Because shit's about to blow if I get on there, right? Exactly. Like I feel like the being on your podcast, though, this is my big break. Is, is that, that what true? it is? This no, is no. it. You're going to get deported again. 
I'm <laughs> going back to Canada. The, all the Mounties are like, we, this is the only podcast we listen to, Hollywood People Anonymous. Mounties. <laughs> this has been really fun, though. This has been a good one. People should listen to what, this. What's your, what your, the podcast that you're doing is not going to be about your sex life. Yeah. It's just going to be well, about... Or it is, but it's going to be... So maybe I'm assuming it's going to be I a feel variety like the of topics. first episode, we definitely talked about Jillin' Off a lot. We stayed on brand. Okay. Jillin' right. Off, for those that don't know, is female masturbation. It's like jacking it's off like, for girls. Yeah. yeah. Jacking. I'm always... like jacking and yakking off, because we're all, you know... Can I... So I'll tell you something funny. Yeah. Uh, I went to no, college in North. serious, otherwise she's not <laughs> listening. Sorry. The year was 1994, and I was a freshman at Northland College in Ashland, Wisconsin. And um, the our we didn't like have a mascot mascot, but our like like basketball and soccer team were the uh, the male uh, teams were the were the lumberjacks, and then the female teams were the lumberjills. Oh my God! See, I love that. So as soon as I heard Jill and off, I knew exactly knew right what it meant. Jilling I was like, off. "Oh yeah." Why weren't they lumber ladies? Jack and Jill went up the hill to each jerk off, and Jill was like, "Hey, I don't have a jerk." <laughs> see, that's the thing. I feel like Jill and off could just be like doing nothing. Yeah, so the same way. Like, off what are you two jack offs doing? That doesn't mean these two yeah. guys are masturbating furiously and staring at me. It's exactly. like there was oh, a time clearly when that was the case. What are you two? That's, that's what are you two jack offs doing? We're jacking off. I <laughs> see that actually. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Bob Crane. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Hogan's Heroes reference. One everybody. One of the most disturbing movies. Have you ever seen that? Movie I have about not Bob yet. Crane? No, the fo- what is it called? Soft Focus or Focus? Uh, I think it's called Auto Focus. Auto Focus. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I didn't you have see any that. idea what we're talking about? No, yeah. not that. There one. was a movie uh, made about a guy, g- the main character from Hogan's Heroes. Kinnear and uh, Kinnear was in it, and uh, Willem, Willem Dafoe, I believe, were those oh. two that were in it. Is Sam Rockwell in it? I don't remember. God, Sam Rockwell's so fucking he's, good. He usually good, shows up cast. if it's if it yeah if it if it's an indie and he's in it, there's a pretty good chance it's probably a, a good indie to watch. Yeah, 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 for but sure. But anyway, yeah, it was just all about guys watching porn and whacking off, and that was kind of their <laughs> thing. Until it's it, called it, autofocus. Autofocus until eventually the guy gets killed. Well, all of a sudden, I'm drawn to watch that movie now. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is about guys watching porn and being weird. You're like, I'm Here's curious. What, so ultimately, the the moral to that story is, if you watch porn with other dudes, eventually you're going to die. So Whoa. that's completely true. <laughs> and, uh, I just want everyone to be aware. And that's the story I'll be telling my two boys. And that <laughs> <laughs> this is f- to watch by yourself, not with. Although you know, I watched the porno with Eddie Pence, but I was I did voiceover in it, so we were watching it to I was like, Man, critique I my work. Story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that story was going, but yeah, I was like, yeah China yeah, Queen of the nah. Ring movie. <laughs> Because he loves wrestling, so I was like, hey, I did voiceover in this porno if you want to see it. And he goes, oh, yeah. And then we watched, like, <laughs> four scenes, and I looked at him, I go, hey, this is I, this is the most porn I've watched with another human being in a very long time. <laughs> when, I, when, when I was in high school, you know, they would grab a VHS and uh, throw it in at parties and stuff like that, and you just watch a bunch of adolescent boys giggle, you know, whether in the room. But, like, that was the extent of, like, I was like, no, I honestly... I don't even like going to strip clubs for multiple reasons, but yeah. I always said it. I'm like, I don't need to be next to you looking at this. Like, it's, we, it's a little uncomfortable. To me, there's there's no palin around. Oh, she yeah. doesn't want to be there. Most likely, I don't want to be here. I guess you do, but I don't want to be with you. You know what I mean? Like, from the, all that stuff for me, nah, I'm, I don't, I don't, it doesn't need to be a gang thing. It doesn't need to be a... See, sometimes I open for Puppetry of the Penis in Las Vegas, and the club that's right next door to uh, to the show is a strip club. So sometimes I go into the strip club to like work on my set before my show. So I'm in the strip club. I'm sitting at the bar. I might have like a little cocktail, and I got like my set list, and I'm writing at the bar in a strip club. I, I don't know what it is for me. Like I don't. I, that's the one thing I've they never. They do play thought. my favorite songs. 
I do like Kesha and Maroon Five. It's okay. just like it's also my kind of music. Okay, I've never How found it odd. What kind of music do you like? Strip club music. It's actually my genre. Hey DJ, you know me. Um. But I don't, I've never found it odd that women go into strip clubs. Cause I, I think it, the bartender's always really nice to me. All the women are very nice to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, you're they're, not a threat. They're, they're happy exactly. you're there, and there's one less swinging dick they got to yeah, amuse. One, one, less, yeah. one less chance of shit going awry. That's pretty much every yeah. person that walks into a strip. We joke about comedy, right? Imagine working in that business where you know oh, that yeah. every single person that walks through that door is probably deemed some form of a threat until they are not. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like that's the business you're in. That's so true. And I don't. And if they, if they say they don't think that way, that would shock me. Yeah. Well, the, if that, I ran that business, I would deem you it have every to single now. guy a threat. That's unfortunate yeah. though, because I've been to a, quite a few strip clubs and I've never been a threat. You know what no, I mean? No, but I've I think never when been... you first come in, they don't know you. They don't know. Yeah, what no, your and, and look at me. Is. I mean, I, I lumber alcohol. in. Yeah, yeah, I've had seven beers. I walk different. I'm like, I'd like a fucker. You know, it, I'm. They don't. You're right. They don't know me. They have no idea. They, they have no reason to assume that I'm not going to be a lunatic. But can I tell you guys? And I don't know why nope. I, haven't, I haven't gone there because it's it's again it's not about seeing nudity because you know nudity is cool and everything, but it's, it's not. It's pretty it's not cool. The driving force. <laughs> but have you been to Sam's Hofbrau House in downtown Los Angeles? No. Okay. So let me tell you something. Yeah, but not for like a. Okay, so it used to be back in the 1960s. It used to be like a uh, a German Applebee's. So it still looks oh, yeah, like a like German. Oh, yeah, house, I recognize It from still looks Munich. like that inside, except they put a stripper pole in the middle of it. Oh, my God. And it's open all day long, so it's like you're kind of going, like a German Denny's. That's what it's kind of yeah. like. So it still has that, like, all the tchotchkes are still on the wall from, like, the 60s. Nothing about it says strip club. Everything about it says you want to order some schnitzel and a beer, right, with yeah. the kids. Put on your later hose. And instead, it's just they <laughs> just converted it by putting a couple of poles in there. It's awesome. It is awesome. But so are, do, are there strippers in there? Yeah. Oh, even during lunch? Yeah, it's a, it's one of those places. The lunch shift. Can, I've never understood the wanting to go see titties and and have a, and grab yourself a, a, a buffet. Or Dude, a snack. Chris Rock's got a great that. joke about that. He's like, "Who's eating at the titty bar? Like, wait till you get home. It's a like, thing. It's it's a thing sneeze guard over some lettuce. You're like, I'm not having a salad here, guys. No." <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, eat before you get to the club. Eat when you leave. So the reason why I know about that place is we scouted uh, strip club locations for my film, and we ended up filming in another one. that I won't name that one just because it's like, you know, they were nice enough to let us film there. But I remember when we first got there, and everyone was like, I'm going to go ahead and sit down. Nope, not going to sit there. And sit then, on like, nothing. <laughs> like, no matter, and it's like once you open that Pandora's box, when you actually start paying attention to the venue – like literally, you just went everywhere, and you're like, I can't sit anywhere oh, here. Th- there I were mean, stains. Any strip club with I'm, the lights not, on should be burned down. Stains. There were stains everywhere. Like we're like, just get some chairs out of the, uh, oh. out of the, out of the. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go truck. sit in the parking lot. Yeah. I, I told you, I worked. I worked on a. Uh, I was a production assistant on an infomercial, and when I showed up at the house we were shooting at in the hills, I looked around. I'm like, this place is oddly familiar. But I know I've never been here. And this guy was like, Oh yeah. Last year there was oh, more yeah. last year there was more porn shot in this house than anywhere else in Los Angeles. And I was like, Oh, and then I looked over the railing and I looked straight down to the pool table, which was like three floors below, and it was a black felt pool table with a huge, basically a cum stain in the middle of it. I was like, Oh yeah, okay. 
And then I went home oh, that I night. I was going to say, I remember that moment. I remember, <laughs> no, I remember but I went home. That. I went home that night, and I looked up a couple movies, and I told my, I called my buddy. I go, dude, look at these movies. They're in the living room. It's, and you couldn't sit all the furniture because the guy who still lived there, he just rented out the main part of the house for porn. All the furniture was like crusted along the edges. Uh, it was gnarly. I literally sat in the driveway outside when I wanted to sit down. I was like... See, where I grew up outside of Vancouver, I grew up in a suburb, uh, North Delta. And uh, yeah, I grew up like blocks away from the bar where they shot uh, that scene in The Accused where Jodie Foster gets <laughs> oh. raped on the pool uh. table, on the pinball machine, sorry. <laughs> I know. And so, so a lot of... I, I grew up two blocks from there. Hey. A lot of Hollywood tours. That's why... <laughs> to show fictional rape? Is that, is that, was that what the tour was? And that's what tour, got you tour. into entertainment. <laughs> As soon as I saw Jodie Foster and the Accused, I'm sorry, what <laughs> part? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, All of it. <laughs> um, what? Where? Where is Jill and Off going to be? I, I think on iTunes. Uh, but so it's on Comedy Pop Up Podcast. Comedy Pop Up. Okay. It's a Comedy Pop Up po- Podcast, and uh, yeah, so you can listen to us talk about Jill and Off, or just us talking. Uh, just <laughs> Are you going to have guests? Off. We're going to have guests. Yeah, we're going to have some Jillers and some Jackers, I guess. We'll have everybody on. Yeah, we'll have yeah, you guys yeah. on. Okay. It's gonna be exciting. I think we were just on it, right? This is you're gonna just I'm take. Just gonna this gonna take this you're gonna remix this. I'm too lazy. You're gonna remix this to make us <laughs> sound like we're bad people. I, I, by the way, I, we've already done that. <laughs> there was a guy that came here. Was it um, Murray? Oh yeah. He was like, "Hey, while I'm here, can we just uh, just stop this one and start another one, and I'll do a podcast with you guys?" And I was like, uh, "Okay, I guess." Technically, yeah. God, I mean, it doesn't really. So smart. You it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it, that's not that difficult. I mean, if you think about it, it's like. Yeah, all I'm doing is handing you an MP3 when you walk out the door. Yeah. Like it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Ro- we're not doing rocket science here. No. Splice this bu- tape together. We're just a bunch of babblers. Like that's <laughs> really at the end of the day, right? Yeah, that's that, and that's the thing is I think if if like to your point earlier, yes, there are probably too many podcasts. There's a new one coming up every other day, and and I get it. You know, uh, for me, there's a little bit of sense of purpose. When we do it, like I, I like, it feels like it gives me something to do. It's like a thing that yeah, I'm doing, and that I like. But uh, and it gives me a chance to hang out with Brian, who I wouldn't like uh, during the day. Probably just wouldn't show up over here and sit around for two hours. But it's very fun. Um, this is a good couch. But also, like, I Sectional. feel like sectional, and we don't have yeah, a, a ton face. of listeners. But we, the listeners that we do have, I think really enjoy this show. That's what I like too. Like, I, so I, yeah, I don't want like a big following. I want like a small and mighty following. That's all we, in it. That's the sweet spot. We you know, I both. like I like being the middle class of comedy. But you'd also you like I, mean? I don't want to be like super famous. I want middle class where I work, I make enough money to survive. I got a nice little following and that's it. But if you guys could do that show live and you could sell out a theater, you'd be excited for that. Yeah, you and like Jen shooting theater. the shit. Maybe like a small room. If okay. We can sell out like a seventy-five seater. <laughs> she's already she's downgrading. I'm, I'm sure already downgrading. I'm already she's like, like, she's like seventy-five. She's like, okay, what about like a ten-seat theater? Like, <laughs> yeah, like a, a, a little bedroom? black box theater that that has like two people in it. Just I'm make sorry, the whole man. theater out of the black box. Seventy-five seat theater. That's, okay, that's where my confidence is yeah. at these days. Hey, that's I believe you can do it. Look, I take I take up like three seats. We sell it out. I'm happy. Seventy-five. I take up like three seats, so invite me. <laughs> Perfect. I man spread. I sit how I want. My legs up over nope, the fuck. Nope. Nope. Um, nope. All right. So comedy pop up. Um, what do you have any shows coming up? I do. I'm gonna be 
So I'll be at the improv tomorrow night of a showcase for Kay. cruise ships. I'm in my cruise ship years. Wait, I, can I? I'm gonna have to. My cruise ship I'm gonna years. have to pick your brain Don't for die. that because that's what I'm. Yeah. Tr- I, I would. I'll. I would showcase for that in a second. I'm also a very supportive comedian. If you want any of my contacts, I'll hook you up with every. I, lo- I love both of you guys. Uh, yeah, I appreciate absolutely. that. I appreciate um, that. That's yeah. off air stuff, guys. I get everything on my own. No one helps yeah. me. Did, <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? Maybe then, you guys don't know. Did, did you, are you genuinely going to try to do the cruise ship thing? Yeah. Did I hear that a cruise ship comedian died recently, like fell off a, a ship? Was that a comedian or is just somebody who was working for the? I just saw that story too, but I think it was, was just, it was it was definitely an entertainer. I was think it, it was comedian? the comedian? Yeah. What? So happened? just maybe that's Stuff's the one you're replacing? Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. Oh my God. <laughs> don't do the, right before you go on. Don't do any dead guy falling off boat things, okay? Because it's kind of. Oh, I guarantee you, they probably have a lot of shit you're not allowed to talk about on a oh, cruise. They oh, they do. have specifically that there is stuff is not. No. Like, and again, no dark, I don't want to make light dirty. of anybody's death because it's, it's, it's so never. Sad. It's, it's always said somebody somewhere has lost someone they love. But I was just curious because I I did see. I could have swore it was a it was a comedian. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was maybe a comedian got in trouble. That seems more along the lines of yeah. like what would have happened. A comedian did something they weren't supposed to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I've talked to but, a couple. But there's people very that, strict rules as far yeah. as what you can and cannot say on yeah. on, on cruise ships, uh, oh, which, yeah. which makes it very hard as a comedian because <coughs> you have to tailor your, tailor your material, yeah. right? But you all. But, but what makes it easy is that like then you only have to do one show a night, and then you just yeah. do that same show, and then you literally hang out on a cruise. For the rest of the time, vacations only lifestyle. Yeah, and then I'm going to be playing Edmonton, uh, the Grindstone Theater. Ooh, I think that's the 18th and 19th, or 17th and 18th, whatever the Friday Friday and Saturday Saturday is of next week in January. I'll be in Edmonton with Kathleen McGee and Christine Little. Nice. Uh, So that's going to be super fun. Uh, Then I'm at some brewery up in San Jose with Melissa McQueen, uh, January 29th. And then I know I have a bunch of gigs for like Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day for a female comic is. So it's uh, you know that's payday for us. We always is it <laughs> really? Yeah, I always work Valentine's Day. Well, because you know guys taking ladies out for dates if they're going to comedy, uh, yeah. it's probably nicer to f- yeah. see a Christina Walkinshaw show than like take him to see a guy bitching about shit. Yeah, some yeah. guy like <laughs> no, we don't want some man bitching about his wife for like an hour. Right. <laughs> With all due respect, you guys, <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't I, complain about my wife. I don't complain. Yeah, about my I wife all I the got, time. I got it. I got it really fucking good. I got plenty yeah, of other like things in life this. to complain about, but yeah. my wife is not one of those. Yeah. things. my wife is becomes part of like jokes that I tell, but it's not. They're not vicious or right. It's, yeah, it's, she's it's, just a, uh, she's part of the story. Sp- I you talk about what you know. I know. Yeah. You know pillows on beds and shit. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going up to Seattle. Oh, at Valentine's Day, I'm for surely headlining uh, the Comedy Underground in Seattle. Oh, sweet. And then the other ones are all like one-nighters, kind of. Around Washington, uh, yeah, but it'll be fun, and uh, yeah, you know. Obviously, I know a lot about love and relationships. <laughs> hey, and Tinder, making fifty-first Tinder moves. dates. Uh, where can people find you online? Um, across the board, I'm pretty much at Walking Sauce. So you want to check out my blogs at walkingsauce.tumblr.com, and then Instagram Walking Sauce, Twitter Walking Sauce. Everything's Walking Sauce. Like no G, right? Right? Christ- no G. Walk in. Walking. At Walking Sauce. sauce. Walking sauce. Walking sauce. That's it. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Guys, thanks for having yeah. me over. That was really fun. Good. I'm glad you had great fun. Podcast. I'm going to spread the word. Yeah. Tell the world. Um, <clears throat> I'll give you a sticker. Can you, uh, compl- yeah, can, can you, can you just do me one favor? Uh-huh. Can you complain about the podcast? Because then I think it'll go viral. <laughs> 
because it seems like that's your thing. Yeah. So if you could just do that. Could you write about how you, you were disrespected? Yeah, how you were you felt disrespected at yes. doing the Hollywood Anonymous podcast? Please, please. And then just become a podcast crusader. Exactly. Um sudden, two hundred thousand hits. <laughs> Hate that, would sells. Be, that would be crazy. Hate sells. That would be crazy. Oh my God, that is so sad and so true. Hate does sell. I, we, we Hate jo- sells. I've joked about this on the show before. Oh, that's my, brilliant, dude. My experience with, uh, my first experience with viral was a video that I had made with puppets and I didn't even know it. It just kind of happened on accident. It was back when YouTube used to only put like one video on its main page. Now it's kind of like all over the place, but yeah. they had put my video on the main page and I didn't know it. My phone was like connected to YouTube and it was like buzzing off and I'm like, I thought... My phone was broken. Like, look at yeah. it. Like, because you know, thousands of people. Oh yeah. I think it got like a million views in like like two days. Like, it just was like because they Constant. featured it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember getting at first I was scared, then I was excited, and then I went to YouTube, saw <laughs> it on the front page, and I looked up in the upper right hand corner, and I had YouTube messages. You know, they have a little message thing in there. Oh, I click hey. on it. I'm like, yay! I click on it. First message I see. Fuck you. <laughs> I hope you fucking die. I fucking oh hate God. you. And I was like, I made it. There it is, you guys. I made it. They already fucking hate me, and they don't even know who <laughs> I am. That's oh. that to me is the internet in a nutshell. It really is. I don't know you, so fuck it. you. Yeah. The internet is I don't know you, fuck you. Uh, L.A. is I got brown teeth, and I want to take <laughs> you to Arby's. Let's do an open mic. I'm a model, <laughs> and uh, China's landing people on the dark side of the moon, guys. Yeah. All yeah. right, living the lies. That's what we're really doing. We're just living Things the lies. are happening. Living little lies every day. <laughs> All right, guys, check out uh, Christina and Jen Murphy's yeah. podcast. Yes, Jillin I know it's going to be amazing. Jillin off. Check out her blogs, and her blogs are dead. Blogs are dead. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> night. Keep an eye out for the book Unless... I've been writing since 2013. This should be released in can you... 2025 when Brian gets on that podcast. Can you, do your awesome. blog... can you do your blogs on ice? <laughs> I'm going to do my blogs You're on gonna ice. 50 First Dates on ice. <laughs> like, oh. But it's really just that weird 80s drug ice, and everyone's just super <laughs> whacked out. Like, uh, this is uncomfortable. Uh, th- I did this with an old boyfriend. I used to do ice with a... Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll post a link to T-shirts and coffee cups and mugs and all that kind of horse shit if you're interested. Um, well, you sell it that way. <laughs> I think I posted online, like, just in time for Valentine's Day, let your, that special someone know what a shitty gift giver you are. <laughs> <laughs> I got you a Hollywood Anonymous T-shirt. <laughs> Cool, thanks, weirdo. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, I don't have anything to really promote. I'll be in, I'll be in the South. I'll be in Alabama, Atlanta, and Nashville with Dan Cummins uh, at the end of February. But I'm sure I'll, we'll have another show before that. So, uh, all right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe.